0: 97.3 text 84850 tweet at LBC 973 this is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen
1: dog the bounty hunter I ask you dog the ba- I've only seen this program a few times well I say a few times it could be a dozen it could be more than that I don't know just every so often I'm, f- I'm flipping around the uh, the channel and I and I look at them and I think, do I want to watch this programme? Is my life going to be made any better? Answer, no, it's not. So I flip it over. Because I just... He's one of those people. He's like... How do you describe Dog the Bounty Hunter? He's an old man with sort of little ringlets and little bracelets on. There's something peculiar about that to start with, as far as I'm concerned. He wears his sunglasses indoors. And and he goes round and he does what what, he, what the programme says. He collects a list from the local sheriff's office of people they want in the area, and he wins money. He gets money if he brings people in who are wanted on vagrancy charges, taking and driving away. He's sort of like an extra policeman, but the trouble is he doesn't have any power. All he's got to do is just go out there and try and find these people and arrest them, but he's doing it with a film crew. He's not all there in the upstairs department. Not just him, but all the little all the little cronies who hang on around him, because they're all there. And the wife, God knows what she is. God, I mean, you've never seen anything so gross and grotesque I mean, he looks bad enough. There's something odd about an old man with very long hair, which is thin and wispy, and he's got sort of shirts that are cut off at the nape. I think he thinks he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he just looks like a fat old has-been who goes out and makes this programme and arrests people who, nine out of ten times, put up no resistance whatsoever. Not Not as interesting as a programme I watched the other day. One of the channels... I can't remember which one, it, which one it is. But they seem to delight in showing you programmes about police chases, uh, where the police go out and chase people, uh, the police catch people. In Spain, it's completely different. You are dealing with a police force there who hardly ever arrest anybody. They hardly ever do anything. They, they put them in um, an area. It's not Magaluf, but it's very similar, where you've got a lot of, let's just call them lowlifes. It's like a giant council estate part of Magaluf now. There's more Brits living there who, who don't work. The children don't work. They're feral and they are the cause of more burglaries and more break-ins and more muggings than anything else on the Spanish mainland. It really is terrible. And the police are woefully undermanned. What they're dealing with most of the time are drunks. What they're dealing with is bar brawls. What they're dealing with is sort of women fighting each other. I mean, what sort of women are they? You know what sort of people they are, where women fight each other. You know they're lowlifes. You know they're scum. You watch these people and you think, my God, I'm so glad you don't live anywhere near me. Let's uh, bring on more gated estates, as far as I'm concerned, and keep these people out. Then we had yesterday waiters fighting, but we had other people who were fighting, and the police arrived there... And all they do is separate them. Now, in Spain, the good news is the police are allowed to punch your head against a brick wall, which strikes me as being something really we should be allowed to do in this country. Because over here, I'm going to sue you. And that's what they do. They go and find a little lawyer. More on lawyers in a moment. But uh, in Spain, you can quite happily bang their head against a brick wall, kick them. And if they resist, you bring them in. Anyway, there was some, some foul mouthed Spanish girl who said something very rude to one of the policemen, who was just about to arrest her girlfriend who'd been done for punching and fighting with another girl. As I say, low life. I couldn't get they could drown themselves as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, but this girl then made an insult about the policeman's mother. And if there's one thing you don't do in Spain, it's make an insult about somebody's mother, because she was hauled off so fast she was fined three hundred euros, which was good. I'd have made it a million. You know, made it a million. I I wouldn't have any truck with these sort of people. And all it involved was the police. On every single case that was highlighted on this programme, it became a bit of a pointless exercise. They went out there, people were fired, people covered in blood, people swearing at the camera crew, all this kind of stuff. And in the end, were any arrests made? No. Because one or other party has to say, I want them arrested or charged. And most people don't. So any Brits involved with anything, they don't do anything. And so the police just go. They they can't be bothered to do the paperwork. Somebody was caught urinating, in a, in a occupational hazard around here, in a doorway. But it was a doorway of a, a car park to a hotel. And The policeman just went. Go on. It's a three hundred shilling, three hundred euro fine or two hundred euro fine. The policeman couldn't be bothered to do anything. So he just said, go and go go. And the man, of course, they're all drunk when they do it. You know, men have this inability to go. There was some poor woman as well. I'm I'm Irish. She went. And she'd obviously gone down an alleyway to go to the toilet and had forgotten that you've got to hitch up your skirts. So she was absolutely drenched. She was drunk as a skunk. Do you know where you live? I live. Anyway, they take her back to this dump of a place where she was living. And she's only young. This this woman is, I don't know, 30s, early 30s. Quite clearly got a few mental illnesses. And so the the bloke who's running on the door said she's always drunk. Yesterday she was face down in the gutter. And and she goes to the policeman, hang you! I'll see you again. He says, I don't want to see you again. I know, well, I I don't like you. You're no nice person. Go away, drunk old bag. And that's all it is over there. The poor Spanish police are dealing with drunks. However, the good news is today, the good news is, I couldn't be happier. I'm so happy about this one. I love it when a plan comes through. Lord McAlpine is suing. It's the biggest amount of people that have ever been sued in living memory. 10,000 names they've got. They have trawled Twitter. They have trawled the internet. It's so easy to find. So easy to find. You put in the keyword, back they all come. So if you retweeted about Lord McAlpine, he's going to whoop your ass. He's going to get you. He's going to come around and take all your money from you. And I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. 10,000. They say in legal history, this is the largest amount of people who have ever been sued by somebody. And, of course, he's got a great case. He doesn't need to prove anything now. He's innocent. Absolute innocent. He's coming to get you, Sally Burko. He's Alan Davis as well. What is the matter with these people? How many times have I said on this programme, time and time and time again, you think you're safe hiding behind an email address or a Twitter? You really aren't. You really are not safe, I promise you. The moment you repeat or you put something up there, which is a defamation, they've got you. And you are legally liable for it. So you think you can hide behind, you know, dear, you know, dear BBC. I think you're absolutely rubbish and I hate, you know, this person, that person, because they did so-and-so to my sister years ago. If it ain't true, they're coming after you. And that's why McAlpine's got 10,000 people on the list. All right, that's the high-profile ones, like, like the Sally Dimwit Bercow. Uh She's, of course, pleading now, I didn't have very much money. Well, you better go and earn some love, hadn't you? Sitting at home, sponging off your old man, but wait a minute, you've done television series, you've done the... You must be loaded, darling, you've got a bit of money, make you pay for it, make you pay for it, I can't wait. Alan Davis, sorry Alan, sorry, you should never ever... I can't believe it, I love Alan Davis, I love him. Hated Sally Burkos, I couldn't care less about her, but Alan Davis, you like him, when it happens to somebody that you like, you think, no, no, it's just no more Jonathan Creek. We like Jonathan. and he was only saying a short while ago he'd love it if Jonathan Creek came back. And the other good news was, apart from ten thousand of you are going to be getting court summonses, yeah, fantastic. It'll blooming well, teacher. There's uh, we 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 kicked Richard Arnold out of these strictly uh, strictly come dancing on ice. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, Big Brother. And so we've kicked it. Thank God for that. Little Miss Irritant. Oh God, he's irritating. Oh, he's so irritating. Honestly. It's like suicide watch watching him, it really is. Little Mr Smug, can't bear him, can't bear him. It's just, Bring back Steve Hargrave, far more entertaining, but apparently down at Deerbreak. they sort of like things like that. Wonder why, wonder why. Uh, Bruce, you know there's been lots of rumours in the papers over this weekend about Bruce retiring and who's going to take over, because Tony Beak, that's his real name, Tony Beak had decided that he wanted to take over from Brucey and very unwisely, I thought, said, oh, I'd love to do it. You know, the fact that he can't present for Toffee. We've seen that Hole in the Wall programme. He did it with pants. Absolute pants. Nobody's asked him to do anything since. Rubbish. And he said, I'd like to do it. And, and, and And the boss at BBC has said, listen, Bruce will decide, and only Bruce, when he wants to go. Isn't that a great thing? And how nice... How nice to actually see that the management respect a presenter and don't just go, no, we think he's past it. Let's get rid of him and, uh, you know, let's stick Tony Beak in, that irritant. No, no, no. Tony Beak is irritating, Anton Debek. You don't want to see him on the television. Listen, you've seen him once, little Mr Cheshire Cat. Irritating. Get rid of him. Push him in the river. Hold him under the water. Okay, everybody happy. But we don't want to see him presenting anything. He's not Bruce Forsyth. He's nowhere near as good as Bruce. He has. He's not a patch on Bruce Forsyth. Not one. Not even a fiftieth of Bruce Forsyth. He's nothing. You know. So he can prance around with a few old dogs on the uh, on the, uh, the the dance floor. You know. Bring on a few fat old birds. You can dance around with. Lovely. Lovely. Lovely can't remember if I did... Did I do my, my Russell Grant story? I can't remember if I did my Russell Grant story on Friday. I might not have done. <laughs> you might have to bear with me on this one. We might have to push a button. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember if I did it. Did it? Anyway, I'll, I'll do it on the programme for you, because uh, on Children in Need, and I'll come round to that later, because it was very interesting, as uh, Terry Wogan did his his sort of soporific approach to children in need. We always look after children... Well, you don't at the BBC. That's the trouble. You don't look after them. And all the critics rounded on him, quite rightly, this pathetic excuse at the beginning of the programme, justifying, with there's always children in need, we look after them, and that's what this money is for. We didn't bloody well look after them during the Jimmy Savile years, did you? So quite clearly, that was a load of old hooey. Anyway, something nice. Put a smile on your face, hopefully, before we nip into the broken quarter past. They do a piece on children in need... And it's Anne Widdicombe and Russell Grant and they're doing the Strictly Come Dancing and they hoist them up to the ceiling and they come down as fairies. Okay, so there is the scenario. What they don't know is that Anne Widdicombe hates heights. She cannot stand heights. Russell, of course, loves heights. And he said, just winch me up to the ceiling. Winch me up to the ceiling. And so they went, ah, brilliant idea, brilliant. So he winches up to the seat, he said, as I'm up there hanging, he said, all I can hear down below is Anne Whittacombe going, I told you six inches, I can't take any more than six
0: inches. LBC 97.3. Hi, I'm Kevin Bacon with Steve Allen.
1: And Nick could be asking this morning why Britain's teenagers are drinking more alcohol earlier than other countries and ask you if the UK has a booze problem. Shall I tell you now? Yes. OK, simple as that. There you go, end of feature. The answer is, do we have a booze problem? Yes. Look in Leicester Square. Look round here. People face down in the gutter. Do we have a booze problem? Of course we do. It's everywhere now. We hear how diplomatic moves are influencing the latest violence in the Israel-Gaza border. Plus, of all round of the day's newspapers, David Banks is in to look at the papers again. I like seeing David Banks. I've just found out a bit of news about... Um, about Dog the Bounty Hunter, this peculiar-looking creature. He apparently was going to come over, and it suddenly I've suddenly remembered in the back of my mind, he was going to come over and do Celebrity Big Brother, but he got turned down because he's got a murder conviction, that's why. Uh, He had been tipped to take part in the latest series, the last series of Celebrity Big Brother, and uh, he was sentenced to five years in prison after being found guilty of murder, but was granted parole 18 months into the sentence. He'd been sitting outside a house in Pampa, Texas, while a friend went to purchase marijuana. God, I thought he looked becoming peculiar. Uh, his friend became involved in an argument with the marijuana dealer and shot him dead. As a result of Texan law at the time, Chapman, this is his real name, and a number of others who were present at the scene, were convicted. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's guilt by implication. You're sitting outside a drug dealer's house, you prune, and uh, and your friend goes in to buy some marijuana. I said he was old, wasn't I? Oh, God, he's really... It drives me insane. I can't bear watching him on the... T- Perhaps the Americans like that kind of thing. Christ, what on earth is that? Oh, that's right. This is, um... Is this... They, they're doing... Oh, no, I don't want that one. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. I was halfway through doing Lauren Goodyear, the uh, otherwise known as Fat Girl Fat, who pitched up uh, on uh, the television and is... Oh, where's it gone now? And uh, she uh, is going into, apparently, the Dancing on Ice programme together with that ghastly uh, old bag... The, who folds the towels, Anthea Turner. And I was looking at a picture of Lauren Goodshire and I was thinking, do you know, there's something ugly about The Only Wears Essex. The programme has run its course a little bit. Uh, Colleen Nolan says she misses Celebrity Big Brother. Sally, that darling, we don't miss you that great? We don't miss you at all. And Jedward, I think, are now... Uh, they've reached the ripe old age of seven, which is quite remarkable. So, happy birthday to you! To have to do it in a childlike way, because they are, they are somewhat childlike themselves, I'm afraid. It's all a bit worrying, isn't it? Weather for today, in case you're worried about things like this. you shouldn't be. It's Monday. Who cares? Although it is definitely chilly. Yesterday morning was lovely and bright. Saturday was... Saturday was sort of iffy kind of day, wasn't it? Saturday was iffy kind of day. Came into town, as you know. If you're following me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show, don't get any lies on there. You just get the truth. We don't need to forward anything on. And uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't mention any other names on this program this morning. So, um, so that was very nice today. Had a very, very late night Saturday. Up early Sunday morning. Off walking park with dog. Lovely. Cold, cold, but nice. And I love these adverts on the television for Christmas. I, I'm loving. There's there's one that's got the snowmen. And they keep putting the snowman in a different situation, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I can't remember because it's done to the power of love and I don't know what it's, what it's for. I think it's a supermarket. Is it John Lewis? It's so good, it must have cost them an arm and a leg. This is John Lewis who are going bust, by the way. You remember that? Because, if, because they have to pay all the right amount of tax. They're saying if this continues with Amazon and all these other companies on the high street who don't pay very much tax, that they might go under. I do hope not, because I've moved my allegiance, ladies and gentlemen, I've moved my allegiance from Marks and Spencer's food department to Waitrose. I have to tell you, Marks and Spencer's food is rubbish. Rubbish. I'm here to tell you now, it is deteriorated, sober. And you know me, people used to write in and say, are you being paid by Marks and Spencer's? Are they paying you a fortune to advertise them? And I say nope, not pay me any money whatsoever. But I'm a big Marks and Spencer's fan because I like all the. I've suddenly discovered the delights of Waitrose. It's bigger, the quality's better, it's cheaper. Oh God, is it cheap? What did I buy yesterday? I bought yesterday a beautiful piece of lamb, which was already cooked, and all you had to do was heat it up for thirty-five minutes, and then the the top went all crispy. It was delicious. It was absolutely the best piece of meat I've had in ages. Because I looked at Marks and Spencer, and I thought, I don't want to be ripped off again. Because Marks and Spencer's latest thing is buy three items, because the, the standard has dropped so badly. And it all started with the toilet paper, as far as I'm concerned. The toilet tissue went right down. It was so thin, it was hardly hardly worth bothering with. So I I gave up on that. Even if it had pretty patterns on it. I thought, no, I'm not I'm not buying this rubbish anymore. And then there were then, then their little sausages. Even Duncan Barks noticed this. A man for whom a sausage is sort of like a bit of an eye-opener. And so he's sort of, he the little, they were just, there was hardly any meat in them. There was hardly any meat in them at all. And so I gave up eating those. I used to love little sausages. Paul Savory used to come in the studio and we'd have little, we'd heat them up in the microwave. They were, deli- you could eat a hundred. Now they're just rubbish. They're just rubbish. So I gave up. So I then go to Waitrose the other day, buy their party food. So much more imaginative. So much more imaginative, so much, so more entertaining, so much better value than Marks and Spencer's. And so I bought the leg of lamb, and I bought some little sausages, and I bought some mashed potato, and I bought some sprouts. They've got bigger choice. They've got everything. They've got everything. They've even got Heston Blumenthal. And you know what a big fan we are of Heston Blumenthal. So the weather on Saturday was okay. I'd moved away from that momentarily. I do that on this program. I'm rambling. I'm not wearing the right clothes for it, but I'm rambling anyway. And so, I've, and so I was looking at the weather on Saturday. I thought, it's quite nice. Then Sunday, I got up, and it was such a nice day. I thought, right, I'll go and get myself a cup of coffee. So I made myself a cup of coffee in Starbucks. I'm still, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of, sort of going back a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, and uh, and then so I got the car washed. I felt much better about that, much better about the car being washed. And so I went out, did a lovely walk in Regents Park, cold but fresh, and there's kids playing rugby and foot. It's so heartening to watch little kids who must have been like. They can't be any more than three, some of these. And they get them dribbling balls. in, And there's, and there's hundreds of them. Hundreds everywhere in Regent's Park on a Sunday. And it was, it was really good, because it just makes you feel like you haven't really tried in your life. You're not getting out there, getting any exercise. So I missed, I'm afraid, I missed the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I'm just wondering, have we got an eviction coming up soon? We managed to kick out Richard, um, Richard uh, Arnold from the Strictly thing. And I'm hoping that we're going to kick out uh, Helen Flanagan. A bigger waste of, spe- but then I've suddenly realised, she's special needs. You've only got, a, I mean, her grandfather was in the paper over the weekend. He said, he said she's in, she's in another, she's in cloud cuckoo land. He said you wouldn't trust her to cross the road by herself. I thought, well, she comes over as a bit, to put it politely, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to be, I don't want to be rude. She's a bit simple, you know. It's, she's a bit Kelly Brook. You know, Kelly Brook looks lovely, scrubs up well. Sadly, in this program, Helen Flanagan is not scrubbing up at all well. Just looks a bit rough around the edges. You know, get my get my drift. Bit battersy dog's home. And she looks good in a bikini, but there again, you know, <laughs> I should imagine Russell Grant would look good in a bikini. So anyway, so I'm, I'm sort of watching her and she's simple. She sits there. She's a bit, you know, I, I know a few people in showbizers like that. They're not all there in the upstairs department. Somebody goes, oh, you're lovely. So they tart them all up and they put makeup on. They look very glamorous. But when you have a conversation with them, it's a bit like Cheryl Cole. Now, I'm, I'm not being rude because Simon wrote about Cheryl Cole in the book. I mean, you can't you can't talk to her because she's got nothing to talk about. She's a bit ditzy. She's a bit simple, you know. She, 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 she went to school, but she wasn't the brightest. But, you know, and the same for Helen. And I'm not being rude. I don't mean this in any way, shape or form, to sound as I'm having a dig at Helen Flanagan. But she is thick. She is so thick. You know, there is a limit to how far you could sort of carry on a conversation about nothing at all. And and I thought it was acting to start with, and I've discovered that it's not act. She really is that dim. Now her parents have come out... You know, out they come. Girl, you can always spot the parents. You, you look at the daughter, you suddenly realise why the why she's like it. And and they said, she's being bullied in there. No, no, it's a programme, Mummy and Daddy Flanagan. Come on, try and be an adult about it. It's not easy, having brought them up that thicko. But anyway, so she's in there, she's making a bit of money. I tell you, if she wants to walk out, she can walk out any time she wants. They don't hold them in there. So Mummy and Daddy Flanagan, keep your big mouth shut in future. OK, that's why she's the way she is. She's not been allowed to try and be an adult. She was in Coronation Street at 11. Didn't really achieve very much. She was just in it at 11. And her acting got worse and worse and worse. Because, from you know, she wasn't going to acting class as well as Corrie. She was just doing Corrie, which is, which is a shame, really. Which is a shame. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So my, my big, big up for the day is Waitrose. The lamb, the potatoes, the sprouts, the 50 different yogurts. The Heston Blumenthal range, the wine, everything is so much better than Marks and Spencer's. We're now lagging behind, I'm afraid. So I'm afraid I have moved away, I'm afraid. I have moved away so much better, so much better. I feel so much better about everything, actually. But uh, it's... um, uh, uh, Lord McAlpine is... Absolutely suing. It's on the front page of most of the papers today. 10,000 people. He's got your names off, uh, off Twitter and he's got them off Facebook. Every social networking site that put his name on it or retweeted, you're as guilty as the first one, I'm afraid. ha <laughs> 84850, steve at LBC, dot It's lovely. We're doing very well this morning. Actually, I like it when it's like this. I forgot to bring you the weather, didn't I? I suddenly realised I started bringing you the weather and then forgot about it. But who cares? Good God in heaven, I mean, it's, you know, 26 minutes past four in the morning. If you're sitting there worrying about the weather, you need to get out and get a life or start taking your medication a bit earlier. So I can tell you for today... No, I'm not going to bother. Who, who gives us stuff about the weather? I don't care. No, Just look out the window. Look out the window. If you don't know what it is, you're going to get wet then, aren't you, later on today? It's your own blooming fault for being stupid. Uh, mirror on the front page. Ella's out of The X Factor. It, proving to me once and for all that it, it ain't a singing competition. It's got nothing to do with singing whatsoever. They 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 have this other programme and I think it's called X Factor Two. It's hosted by Extra Factor. It's hosted by Ollie Murs. <sighs> Not a lot you could say about Ollie Mers. Uh and hosted by some other woman. Oh, that's Caroline Flack. God, she's looking old, isn't she, recently? I didn't realize she is old, I'd forgotten now. Blimey, how old is she? Sixty, seventy? Mid-30s, way too old, Caroline, to be doing that kind of act. Was she an all, Was she one of those Harry Styles ones? God, he's worked his way through... Oh, she was the Harry Styles one. God, he's worked his way through show business. It's a bit worrying, isn't it, when One Direction's uh, career is overshadowed, uh, overshadowed by who Harry Styles is sleeping with. How fun. Because apparently, um, one girl who's been seeing Harry Styles, so I think the later whoever it is, Taylor Swift... Uh, has been getting death threats from internet trolls. Pfft, stupid people. That'll be fat, spotty girls who sit there on television programmes dribbling because One Direction are pe- They had them on Surprise, Surprise last night, and they put up their fans. You could see the boys going, we're not going anywhere near you. Taylor Swift was going out with... Uh, no, that's finished now. Taylor Swift's back on with, uh, With What's It from One, One Direction. Yeah, yeah, she's... Apparently, she has been out with him before, I think... Well, they've had a little fling, but she's back out with with Harry Styles, who, to be honest with you, I always thought was gay. So, there you go. Hey-ho. <laughs> so, anyway, the... Oh, no, I'm not doing the weather, am I? Uh, yeah, so, anyway, so, um, there's another Talisa story. You would think you could be hard-pushed for forgiving that the whole country revolves around Talisa, and here she is with her footballing boyfriend, uh, Lord McAlpine, suing 10,000 Twitter users. Can't wait to see these cases arrive in court. I can't. And here they are. Here come the girls. Well, I say the girls, as they celebrate ten years at the bottom of the uh, of the heap. Yes, I'm afraid it's girls allowed. They had a bit of a reunion the other day, so uh, Cheryl Cole got together. What they talk about? I've got no idea. She spent a lot of time talking to Nadine. Now, she fell out with Nadine, but there again, Cheryl falls out with just about everybody, I'm afraid. And uh, Sarah Harding, who looks like everybody's favourite grandmother in this picture... Uh, when she came in this building, I thought she'd aged really badly. And then you've got the very pale ginger one, who doesn't look as pale as she used to, but still still looks fairly pale. And then you've got somebody else. And so that is Girls Allowed, and they've had a, a decade of chart success. I didn't know they'd had... They haven't had a decade of chart success. That was the thing, were they? They've had a, a few little bits and pieces, and they've had, what, ten? Oh, right, so we're taking ten... Oh, I can't believe there are that many number ones, are they? I shall find out in a minute. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast time now, 4.30. Morning! It's Monday morning. I know you don't want it to be, but it is. It really is Monday morning. That weekend gets shorter and, sh- and Christmas gets uh, ever closer. Four. Four number ones Girls allowed have had. And that's it. They, they say here, they've not had a, a record out... I think for three years, because they all went off and did their own thing. Sarah Hardings was staying down in the gutter and in rehab. Uh, Cheryl tried to keep uh, hands on her man, but couldn't. Uh, Kimberley went off and did something, and Nadine did something, and, that, and then Nicola also attempted to do something, and, and I suppose the most successful would have to be Cheryl, but what they taught, it's, it's just so fake. It is just so fake. Somebody said the other day, I was reading a piece in one of the Sunday papers, about uh, there was no review for any of her shows, because they weren't very good, apparently. So they decided they weren't going to do it. But they all get together for this little... Because when they're trying to make money, they have to pretend that they're all, you know, best of friends and they're this and that. And it doesn't... It quite doesn't work with me, because I'm a bit cynical. And I've seen it all before. I've seen it all a million times before. Uh, Paul, we will, uh, we will sort that out for you. Uh, I didn't know about that actually. yesterday. the producer will will deal with that, and uh, and she'll deal with it today. So I'll I'll find out whether that has it. If something doesn't happen, then just let me know. But the producer will deal with that today. That one on there. So uh, we shall we shall make sure it does not happen again. Although having said that, I can't guarantee it. Uh, tonight, off to see Catherine Jenkins. I'm off to the Royal Variety Performance, which I'm very much looking forward to going to. So tomorrow we might be a little bit more tired than we than we have been of late. And uh, we love Helen Flanagan, Steve. Not. Uh, The programme Dog, it's fake. Um, So so there you go. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. What were they talking about the other day? Oh, yes. I don't know if you read this in the papers. Uh, I was quite horrified. Um, I don't know if you've been on a speed awareness course. A speed awareness course is where you've been doing a bit over the speed limit, not miles over the speed limit, and they send you only once... You don't get to go twice on a speed awareness course and they fine you 60 quid. Now, it's the police do not see it as a driving offence. Okay, they don't they don't see it as a driving offence. Admiral Insurance see it as a driving offence. Okay, so um, unfortunately, (laughs) uh, it means that if you've got a bit on a speed awareness course, um, they're going to up your insurance They're looking for any excuse now with Admiral to push your money up. Now, I did go on a speed awareness course some years ago, and the funny thing was there was a woman in our class, and she said to the woman, she said, after we'd finished, she said, a question, she said, "Um, I've got another summons. Will I be coming back here again? And the woman went, no, no, you only get one speed awareness course. The next time it's three penalty points on your licence, which is good. I suppose it's good, isn't it, really? Uh, Paul, we will will check that for you later. Uh, We... We, we don't think it's up there anyway, so we will sort it out. It'll be up at eight o'clock, OK? Bear with us. Uh, Terry's addicted to Judge Judy. Uh, mm, so, 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 so. Not, I mean, I, I quite like Judge Judy, but I'm not not particularly bothered. Yeah, I, mean, I did used to love it, but now I've realised that some of these people, they've got illnesses, haven't they? They're up there and they start arguing and she goes, I have told you, sir. She's quite, I mean, she's she's quite feisty. She'd be, she'd be a good interview, I think you know uh eight for steve at lbc you are so happy that someone's going to sue ten thousand people on the net yes of course i am of course i am absolutely listen you tell lies about somebody you tell lies about somebody you pay for it you pay for it whether you're in Streatham or wherever you are you pay for it oh you've tweeted oh good uh waitrose is great heston's putting sold out already uh no i bought one yesterday I bought one yesterday. No trouble with them whatsoever. Uh, 84850. I bought the the one with the orange in, because I'm having it with with chocolate uh, and the cream, as recommended by Heston Blumenthal to myself. Uh, 84850, steve Mary in South Norwood's a bit of an old perv. She says, why are they not male nudes on page three of the paper? (laughs) Dirty person. Dear me, honestly. So awful. Um, pa, 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 pa. Oh, yes, I tell you serialize serialised their book again. Kerry Coke Toner. Kerry Coke Toner tells the world, or the three people who are remotely interested in her life, that it's been so terrible, her children are so posh, and she did drugs, but she's over it now and hopes that I'm an inspiration to other people. You're an inspiration to Nobody. To nobody whatsoever, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, I was thinking the same thing only last week. Waitrose, best supermarket, value for money and quality. Yeah, once, once they've kick-started the people on the tills, we might actually get there. They're so sl- They're the oldest people in living memory on the tills. They are so, so. You could grow a beard. Waiting for them to serve you. They really are slow, I'm afraid. Very, very slow. Uh, 84850, steve uh, I am aware that Christopher Maloney is still clinging to the X Factor. Yes, how? I've got no idea. I've got no idea how he's still there. He's useless. He is absolutely useless i'm afraid and it's uh it's it's a it's a shame really because you know somebody with so little talent is on a television program together with that rylan who is equally naff i'm afraid equally naff and it goes to prove that now they've actually kicked out um they've kicked out ella and ella i thought actually had a had a great voice and it's it's very very good it's very good but they kicked her out in in place of Place of Rylan and Chris Maloney, who's got no talent at all. He says the other day, I'm being bullied, That they're, they're trying to hold me back. You've got no talent. You've got no talent. You've got to tell people if they've got no talent. There's no point in lying to somebody. You know, it's ridiculous. A 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. You know, you must never sort of, you know, you must never ever think that these programmes are anything about music. They're nothing to do with Music. It's a vehicle for Gary Barlow to sit there and just tow the party line and play the game and act, you know, which he which he does quite well, I suppose. Eight four eight five O Stephen LBC doc ten thousand people. It's so exciting. I think that is so exciting. I mean it's a bit in living memory. Nobody has ever nobody's ever had that many people to sue. I can't wait. I can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. I really can't wait to see, see how much it's going to be for each and every person. What was it? I'm not bringing the weather today. I have decided. I couldn't care less. Just have to whistle for it, I'm afraid. I, just, I don't want to share the weather for If you don't know what it is, well, it's your problem, is it? I'll tell you what. Take an umbrella and a woolly. OK? It gives you a rough idea. Um, who else is here in the paper today? This is uh, a typical child. Oh, wait for this. Because it certainly wasn't in my day. A TV, a mobile, laptop, games console, camera and MP3 player. By the time they're nine years old. By the time they're nine, they've got all these gadgets. Good grief. A TV, a mobile, a laptop. Well, I've got a... My my godson is 14, coming up 15. He's got an Apple iPhone and he's got a BlackBerry. Most most school kids now have got Blackberries as well. Because they tweet on BlackBerry all the time. That's what they do. They send all their messages on, on BlackBerry. So he's, got his, he's actually got through about six iPhones because he puts them in his back pocket. They either fall out when he's on his bicycle or he sits on it and cracks the screen. I think by now they've given up. He's a lost cause, I'm afraid, in the, in the I'm going to break my iPhone department. And they can pick them up. I told you, for, when I used to go down, still do go down to see my godchildren on a regular basis. And my youngest, who is seven, six and seven, she can pick up the iPad and she can play games on it that I've, I haven't got the fa- I've downloaded the games on there, but I don't know how to play them. She can play with it in minutes. And I've told you before, she makes this... I said, what's that? She goes, oh, I've just gone up to another stage. And you go, how does she know this? And apparently they have computer classes. They have computer... At the age of seven. She knows more about the blasted thing than I do. Terrible, isn't it? Four in ten teachers... They've been abused online with parents behind a quarter of the bullying. Luckily, they they, they yeah they just find them very quickly nowadays. They take them to court and then you see them there. I was watching another one of these programmes, my only favourite one, but they've done it before, they must know what's going on. It's where they send the kids on holiday and the parents follow and watch. And they had two Jehovah's Witnesses on this time. I didn't, I'd forgotten I'd seen the programme until the end when they were trying to explain why their daughter was a drunken old slapper. And she really was disgusting, and then her parents turned up, and the mother, who like couldn't like string two words together, but she was just incapable of of holding a conversation with a doormat, let alone her husband and the daughter and she, oh, I think that she bonded. Meanwhile, the daughter is sort of clinging around every pole she can find in these uh, in these resorts but it was all, it was all just a bit tackier their, their daughter was just a drunken old fat thing. And in fact, one of the boys who was in, strangely enough, who was in the other group of people who were being followed by the cameras, whose parents were watching him as well, he said to her when, when he, was, he was a bit drunk, she went, just go away. She said, go away. We don't like you. And he went, you're just fat. <laughs> just kind of summed it all up. I love it. Uh, a string of A-list Xs. This is the clean-cut star. This is uh, Taylor Swift. The most top 40 singles by a female in America, I believe. I think she's sold, if memory... 23 million. She sold 23 million. She's got 21 million Twitter followers. She's had 119 music awards. Now, she's currently seeing... Well, I mean, she's seen everybody. Uh, John Jonas, started with. And then Taylor Lautner, who picked, pitched up in Twilight, do you remember? Uh, then there's John Mayer, Jake Gillenhall, Connor Kennedy. And now she's with Harry Styles. Lesser of three evils, I suppose, really. But isn't that funny? Clean-cut image, and yet quite clearly working way through American showbiz. <laughs> Far be it from me. Martin Clunes has had to stop the uh, the advert. Oh, no. He has. Why? Because he was banned from driving. No. Yes, I'm afraid so. Disqualified. No. So they're going to have to find somebody else. Uh, he did tell the bosses he was banned. You see, I like Martin Clunes as well. I like Martin Clunes. I was on the motorway the other day. This car went past me at such a speed. I thought you must have nicked it. I've never seen such bad driving on the motorways. It's terrible, absolutely awful at the moment. People just don't seem to care. Uh, another one here, re-Waitrose. We always knew Waitrose was the best. Goes Albert Troddis." Good blimey, what a funny name that is. But there you go. So uh, I'm surprised you can afford it. You sound like you come from a poor part of London. The name like Albert, you've got to be old, haven't you? I mean, that's, that's a, Albert is a, it's what I call 70-plus name. You know, two new young people, really. One's your teddy bear and the other's sooty, isn't it? I know. Just has got an affectionate name for him. Alby, <laughs> Albert. It, it, the trouble is mainly Albert is an old name. It's the 70s to 80s age
0: bracket.
1: <laughs> like that, I suspect. Uh, 84850, co dot uk, And uh, 84850. And um, Mary in South Norwood says, you've just, you've jured so made my point for me i think you mean just don't you do you mean just i'm a bit of an old purr for asking why no mail news on page three Ugh, tacky see mary's an old name as well and that's 50 plus 50 plus at least i should imagine <laughs> uh 84850 steve dot uk. ian says i wonder how the speaker of the house must feel about the thought of his wife being sued <laughs> well he's going to be paying for it i should imagine i'm assuming they've got a joint bank account I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Kimberly Walsh was celebrating her birthday. 31 tomorrow. She held a joint due with Sarah Harding. Oh, God, pick her up from the gutter already. Don't ever take... I've said before, girls, don't take Sarah Harding out where there's alcohol. It's pointless. She's not good. <laughs> Pfft, falls down. We've, we think they've had four number ones. The rest have been on the periphery of, uh, for, for Girls Aloud. For this, there'll be a greatest hits tour and an album. I bought the Now 83 it's got so many good hits on it, including that... that um, what's that? Gangman style. Gangman style. I love that. That is so funny. I've watched, if actually, strangely enough, the song the, the video is better than the song because with the, with, the, with the video you get to see all the actions, which is good. But I can't do the dance. I don't do it. No, I don't want to learn the dance. I don't want to learn. The, uh, the Boys of Eaton have done it. They've done Eaton style. And that's uh, that's good. We, we've put a lot of uh, a lot of traffic their way on the uh, on internet. People have been watching it on YouTube, which is uh, which is great. I love things like that. I really love it. It's because it's so funny. Every so often something pitches up. Do you know Alan Carr used to do a show with uh, Justin Lee Collins, and they've they've done an interview with Alan Carr today. The secrets from behind the sofa. He says I was so drunk when I was doing this show, I couldn't. You know, which is nothing to be proud of. You know, you don't ever ever you know, start admitting that you drink so much before you've done a programme. That's just bad form. But anyway, what amazes me is, is I was shocked when I heard about uh, Justin E. Collins who was found guilty in court of assaulting his girlfriend. They've not spoken since they did their television programme. Three years, nothing. Not phone call, not nothing at all. And you think, what is it about people in television? It's so fickle, isn't it? It's so fickle. You work with somebody, you do a double-headed programme, but you don't speak to them. You don't actually speak to them at all. You don't. You don't say anything, and you start thinking perhaps it, perhaps it's just terribly lonely. I thought they'd have been quite close. They did a double-headed program for ages. Why would they not be? Why would they not be speaking to each other? But uh, he said not. He said haven't said a word for three years. Perhaps now may be the time to pick up the telephone. That'd be nice. Quarter to five.
0: London's biggest conversation. Lb <laughs> Steve Allen.
1: 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. It's Monday morning. It's very nice to have you company. Trust you are uh, well. Oh, guess who's back in the, in the papers again? The most beautiful person, in her own tiny little infinitesimal brain and mind. Yes, Samantha Bruck. Brick, sorry. And uh, here she is. My baby envoys destroyed decades of French... This really... God, she's played. She, she, you know, honestly, she's the only person who came out of I'm a Celebrity, or the Celebrity Big Brother, and didn't actually do anything... Because nobody's interested in it because she's she's too stupid for words. She's she's playing to the lowest common denominator. Have you seen the husband? He's as gay as a goose, isn't he? If any good look at a picture of him, a droopy moustache. But he's so, she says he's so attractive, I'm so worried women will take him. No, darling, the only person who's gonna take him is a village people lookalike group. That's the only people who are gonna be remotely interested in your old man. And here's Samantha Br- Brick, sorry. And, uh, anyway, it's, it's all just terribly traumatic, and Samantha's... Everything is, in her life is is dramatic. But, anyway, she's decided, at 41, she's not giving up in her bid to become a mother. Lovely. Why don't you just keep your little thoughts to yourself, dear? You? Make it so much easier for the uh, rest of us. Uh, somebody says, Ella voted off The X Factor, Steve, and Ryland's still in. It's certainly not a singing competition. Well, I told you that before. I said at the very beginning of the programme, don't ever think for a minute that it's a singing competition. It's got nothing to do who's won. It's got nothing to do who is, with who has won. It's, it's got to do with, can we bring out an album? Olly Murs never won The X Factor, but he's, he's had two best-selling albums, not half as good as Matt Cardle's new album, of course, which is fantastic, and I'm raving over it, hopefully to push it even further up the charts. One of the best albums I've heard in ages, and I very rarely... You, won't ve- you, you very rarely find me saying about, you know, somebody's album that's absolutely fantastic, but Matt Cardle's album is fantastic. I was sitting in London's traffic yesterday, you know, whiling away the time, watching people admire me in the car. And uh, and I'm listening to Matt Cardle's album, and I kept thinking, Do you know, this is so good. He does his version at the end of the album of the Roberta Flack song, The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face, which is, The First
0: Time Ever I Saw Your
1: Face. Oh, the, uh, anyway, he sings it marginally better than me. I'm not tuned up as you... Can well, imagine this one... <coughs> la, 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 la. I could do it sometimes. Rambling again and still not wearing the clothes. Anyway, so I was sort of thinking to myself, it's such a good version of it, and I, I, I was playing it full volume because it, it's so good. It is such a good, good song, and he's got such an interesting voice. Very good. Where did you get your battery-operated Christmas lights from? I got them from Knot Cuts in Stains, and I'll have to tell you tomorrow, and I can't have thrown the box away, I've just realised, but they're battery-operated lights... And they're multicolour. There's 96. They're either do them in white or they do different uh, different colours. And I've decorated the patio. I put lights on the patio. Yeah. And so these are little. They're nice light, but they're battery. They put three AA batteries in, and it works for 30 days. That's a month. It turns them on for six hours, then turns them off again, and they come on at each time the same night. You don't have to. You just push a button. It's as simple as that. They were 24.99, and I think they look wonderful. I think they look great, draped over your bush or something like that outside, which would be wonderful. Or you could have them up a tree, which would be really nice indeed. I quite like that. I, I think that would be a very good idea. But twenty four ninety nine, probably quite expensive. Probably quite expensive, you know, for, 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 for normal people. And so, you know, that would be the kind of thing that you'd save up as a treat for, because I'm rapidly running out of room with Christmas presents. i bought so many Christmas presents, and people keep saying to... Can I keep writing to people saying, listen, what do you want for Christmas? And they write back and go, and one of my brother's girls has asked for this perfume. And so he's. And, of course, he doesn't know anything about perfume at all, so... Well, no, I mean, this particular... It's Zara. Well... So I had to write back. So A, you, I can't find it on Amazon for love nor money. It's really difficult to get hold of. It. And B, they do about ten different types. of So I've had to write back, going, where do you suggest I get this from? Because they don't do it at Debenhams. They don't have it on Amazon, and that's the font of everything. You think you go to Zara and get it there? Oh right. The, oh, you can actually go to the shop and get their own perfume. Oh right. <coughs> oh, we got one in Kingston. I, I'm, I'm, I can't do that today because I've got the Royal Variety Performance tonight. I might do that tomorrow actually. But I've, I said to him, which one do they? You know, does she want? I don't know. And it's a gift set. So, you know, that's going to be over 60 quid, don't you? You can tell straight away. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Noreen says, you were talking about speed awareness courses. Guess what? Brian got a parking ticket when we were at the show on Saturday. He displayed his blue badge the wrong way round. Paid his fine straight away £35. Sons, C and Suspicious Parents is that programme about teens on holiday. Thank you, Noreen. So, because you're... Your blue badge was the wrong way round. They fine you thirty five quid. <laughs> How stupid is that? How stupid is that? What a, I mean, it, it's a, it's still a blue badge because it was the wrong way round. A, a, a traffic warden's so thick nowadays that they can't actually, you know. So, oh dear, uh, Steve, you've shown your admiration for all things Heston Blumenthal. What do you think of Marco Pierre White? Can't stand him. Cannot stand. Jamie Oliver doesn't like him either. So I'm obviously in good company. Now I can't bear Marco Pierre White, nasty person. And um, would you consider going to his Essex countryside gastro pub? No, I wouldn't. And which do you prefer, the iPad or the iPad Mini? Um, iPad Mini, I suppose probably. I've got mine on Wi-Fi, which I'm not. I'm not thinking is possibly the best way to have it because it's. Uh, I wonder if you can put a little SIM card in here. I don't know. You, no, it's either I think you have to do it on contract because there's nowhere to put a SIM card in, which is a bit of a shame, really, because I do I do like my SIM card. I'm having a close look, because sometimes I've missed these things. I wander around them. But I've actually got it on Wi-Fi, so I connect to the company's Wi-Fi here, and at home I've got my Wi-Fi as well, so I do that. But I think the iPad Mini is nice. And for the price, it's good. It fits in your pocket. And the battery is phenomenal. We are now on day number... Well, wait a minute. This was... It's been a week and a day. It's still on the same charge. I haven't charged it up. I plugged it in last Sunday, not Sunday just gone, previous Sunday. And I bought it then, and I took it home, and I charged it up. Used it on the Monday, the Tuesday. I've used it every day. And I looked at it, and I, I said to a friend of mine, I said, I think there's something the matter with it. It's not using the battery. I've still got 69% of the battery left. I haven't. It hasn't been anywhere near the charge thing for over a, a week and a day now. So as far as battery is concerned, it's brilliant. Absol- now, whether or not it, it doesn't use up as much... Um, as much on Wi-Fi as it does if you're doing the other thing. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's very good. Joe says, I think increasingly X Factor is fixed after Ella being voted off at the expense of Ryland and Christopher, maybe keeping them in, as we'll never hear of them once they leave, so giving them their five minutes of fame. I think they've had their five minutes of fame. I think they've seriously had it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously worried, not for the competition, but for the fact that the audience have dropped off so much now that it's, it's really become a bit of an embarrassment and a bit of a millstone around the neck, because you know it's a contrived programme, when you see the little boy bands, and, you know, I had to look at them the other day, is there, there is, there's boy band now, because, because one lot were kicked off, and I wasn't sure, were they the gay ones, or were they not the gay ones? Because you look at them, and you start thinking, okay, one in four, one, two, right, which one? And you start going along the line, don't you? And you start looking at them and they're all, they're all a bit bromance. They're all a bit, you know, when you think that two weeks ago they never knew each other. Now all of a sudden they're like best buddies and they go out together and they're photographed on the internet. And they talk about our fans without realising that once this competition is over, you're kind of by yourself. They're not going to help you. You're either going to shift records or you're not. And if, and if you don't, don't shift records, they, you know, they, they, they don't care. Oh, apparently, apparently, my friend J.K., Says you can use your iPhone 3G and tether with your iPhone. I've no idea what you're talking about. I've no. What does that mean? You don't need a, a SIM one. You can tether with your iPhone. Well, I don't even know what you're on about. I mean, that doesn't mean. Honestly, it's like double Dutch, isn't it? Really, oh, I can click through Wi-Fi to the phone 3G. Oh right. Oh right. oh really. Good luck. Oh, it's, it's, it says I meant iPad. He's doing this while he's driving. He's managed to do it with one finger. He's, he's the he's the master of texting with one finger. <laughs> he's probably pulled up actually. So you can tether with the with the iPad. Oh right. So through. Oh, right. It still sounds complicated. You probably know about these sort of things, but uh, I can't remember what, um, which one you've got. I think you've just got the you haven't got the iPad Mini. I bought a cover for it the other day. I've just ordered it six ninety nine. Whereas a friend of mine said they're about thirty five quid in the Apple Store. But this is a leather one. Perhaps I've not bought an Apple part or something like that. But anyway, either way, it's, it's a magnetic cover, which is going to go over the front of it to protect the screen. But I do like it. I do like it. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. Stuart says, I was one of those who retweeted the allegation about Lord Macalpine. <sighs> you see, unfortunately, it's the fact that you've... Re- they're actually... That's why there's 10,000 names on the list. He says, "I have no money, so surely I can't get sued. Are you serious? Don't be so silly. Of course you can. you have objects and you can pay over a period of time. There is a rumor that he might ask for a public apology from some people and and a five pound donation to charity um that that's that's not for the, for the likes of Sally burko and uh, and all the other people I'm afraid uh, for them he's actually going after them big time, but uh, oh no, just because you've got no money. Oh no 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 no! That does. Oh no 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 no! You'll 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 be taken into court and you'll end up with a criminal record for it. <laughs> you should never ever retweet anything. Very very dangerous. Even on hearsay. Wouldn't catch me ever doing anything like that. That's why I'm proud to say in 35 years, <coughs> never been sued. Uh, iPhone five and iPad mini will show when I see you next. Says J.K. Got three texts in a morning. three texts in the morning. He doesn't he doesn't care how much he spends now. He's just uh, he's so. Um, no, he's not here today. No, no, not here today. No, he's, he's he's driving off to Hampshire today. The wilds of Hampshire. Poor soul, aren't you? Bless his heart. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter is a story of redemption. Yes, he's gone a bit showbiz, but give the show a chance, Steve says. But Bob, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. I'm sorry, I cannot in a million years. I'll go for most things American. I will go for the housewives of New York City and the revolting Ramona who should have been locked up at birth or at least drowned in the Hudson uh, River. <coughs> excuse me. I will go for the housewives of Orange County who are equally mad, I'm afraid, and equally revolting. But I will not, on pain of death, go for Dog the Bounty Hunter with his p- <coughs> excuse me peculiar friends, his wife who is just like Godzilla. I mean, she has got bosoms, the like of which I have not seen since Chesty Morgan first made an appearance in the film Deadly Weapons. And she was 78 double C, I think. I think that's... (coughs) Which sounds horrendous, doesn't it? Her favourite trick was to actually attempt to stand up from a seated position. (laughs) But she did make this film. I think Deadly... She used to come on stage and sing, I've got the whole world in my hands, and she wasn't far wrong, actually. So, listen, we'll take a short break for the news, but Dog the Bounty Hunter Bob, no, not for me, I'm afraid. I'll go for most programmes, but uh, that ain't one of them, I'm afraid. That definitely isn't one of them. Uh, We will be going to the Royal Variety performance. David Walliams has got uh, rehearsals, and he says he's seen Ashley and Pudsey's routine. The best yet, he said, they're going to wow everyone. I can't Mm -hmm. wait. News coming up at five, though. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Four minutes past five, Monday morning. I oh, know it's awful. I know you hate it. I know you don't want to go to. Of course, it's great if you work the weekend because you get. I don't need to get up for work today. But if you're a Monday to Friday person,
0: gotta get up. Gotta
1: get up. Uh, we'll run through the papers again in a moment for you, just so you know exactly what's going on in the world. And uh, eight four eight five zero. And, uh, strangely enough, uh, somebody says here, uh, you soon learn that your work friends and your real friends are rarely the same people. As I found out, when I lost my job, Alan Carr and Justin may have uh, may have got on, but it's rare that that would extend past work. Yes, you're right.
0: I don't socialise with anybody from here.
1: I don't, don't There's no point. What's the point of socialising with people? You I'm know, not interested. Well, apart from JK. Yeah, apart from JK. But only because he he forces himself... You know, he's actually quite good at sort of texting backwards and forwards. So that's, that's quite good, because that, that's sometimes where I'm a bit... Sometimes I text people I haven't texted for ages and ages, and then I'm, I'm always surprised when they text back again, <laughs> mainly to say, who are you? which is <laughs> one of my common things, I'm afraid. But, uh, no, some, some people are quite good. You know, some people you do you just hit it off with. Some people just hit it off with really well, and you're very lucky, and I've had the same friends for long, 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 long time. Long, long time. You know, I'm not, I'm not particularly good with new friends. It takes me ages to adapt to somebody new. You know, unless it's quite exceptional. But n- normally speaking, I'm sort of an old person. An old, it's not an old, sorry, I'm not an old person, to beg your pardon. I'm sort of an, an old fashioned sort of person. I've got friends that go back donkey's years. Uh, Joey Northwood says, Agree, Ree, Matt Cardle's voice, quite unique. I will buy the album. I love his Roberta Flack version. First time ever I saw your face, gives me goosebumps. You want to hear it on this album? It's super. Just him and a piano just him and a piano, but the rest of the album is orchestrated and it's, it's, it's well worth it, I think. Uh, Arthur says, re your battery Christmas lights, you could put them in the car or even wear them as a fashion accessory. You couldn't put them in the car. The police would pull me over immediately. If I had Christmas tree lights in the back of the car, they would pull me over straight away, much as they believe you me, I would like them. I've seen the lorries where they've got little Christmas trees at the front of the lorry with little lights on it, but any, any battery-operated lights in the car would be pulled by the police immediately don't want to start that at the beginning of the week, do you? Even though I think it looked quite good. So I've just got them draped over the trellis, over the trellis, on the patio, patio, and it looks quite good. And I'll tell you what else I've discovered this week, which I've never had before, because I thought I wouldn't like them. And I went in, and and I bought them in Waitrose. Blueberries. Blueberry. I've become addicted to blueberries, because somebody said they're really good because of the antioxidants. And I said, lovely, what do they do? Because I've tried everything else. I mean, you know, I've tried rhubarb, I've tried beetroot, I've tried all the, and then, uh, blueberries Blueberry's very good for you. My friend Graham eats a lot of them, but he's fairly ancient. And, um, and so I bought some the other day, and I went a couple. And I went, do you know, they're actually quite nice. I thought they'd be, I don't know what I thought they were going to taste like. They look like the kind of thing you find in hedgerows, along the side of the field with cows in it. And I thought I wasn't going to enjoy them, and so I had, I had a few. And before I knew what had happened, I'd eaten a whole box. And I kept them in the fridge. They were ice cold. And they were so good. And I said to a friend of mine on Saturday, I said, I've got addicted to blueberries in the morning. And he said, they're really good for you. I said, I've eaten a whole box full. He said, good. He said, they're very, very good for you. I said, right, I'm going to start eating blueberries. So I put blueberries. Now I've changed my my dietary food. I'm now eating from Waitrose. Um, I've discovered this far, far bigger choice. I bought a jar of pickled onions the other day. I love pickled onions. I love pickled onions. Something about pickled onions. I mean you could just sit down, couldn't you, and just do a whole a whole jar. Whatever happened, says Stevie and Bridlington to KTL Records, um they amalgamated with somebody else, didn't they? I think a long while ago, and I can't remember for the like of it. Uh I can't remember, for the life of me, who they amalgamated KTEL and... Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> a bit strange. I don't do that very often. I can't remember who they amalgamated with. But that was it, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, somebody said here, and this is Stephen Bristol, says, I believe Sarah Ferguson threatened you. No, she never did. No, she never did. No, 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 she didn't. No, 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 no. And nice to know you're such a regular listener. Nice to know. Such a regular listener. And, uh, no, no, no. Never got threatened by that at all. I had to do an apology. Never, threat, never threatened to be sued. No, never once. In fact, actually, I think that's actionable against you. That's defamation. I think that's defamation. I could get money on that one, actually. Uh Re, uh, Union J. One of them has a Harry Styles hairdo and is plastic-looking, says Graham in Brentwood. Have you noticed, this is the new hairstyle for a lot of kids nowadays, where they comb it all to one side. They all look a bit... It's, it's a bit... camp, You know. It is just a little bit. They look a bit strange, because they took some of them. It was so funny. One of the groups... Now, it could have been Union J, or it could have been the, whoever the other ones are, I don't know. They took them to Disneyland Paris, where all their fan were all over them, and they did a... They, they laughingly called... That's one one there. That's the one they go back. What on earth is that? I mean, it says, Campers Christmas! And there are four members of this group, Yeah, that, oh, you think that one's a gay one, do you? Oh, right. So we're just playing a game in the studio between the producer and I. She thinks, you know, because she's a, her <coughs> gay dial's a little bit better. But they did this gig at Disneyland Paris, and they called it a gig. They I think they did one song, and that's it. But, of course, they've already made them pitch up now. And they do look like, you know, they just look a little bit, little bit odd, a little bit odd. something about them. But as long as the, the record company get an album out of it and a couple of singles and they'll dance around and then, uh, and then they'll have to go and get jobs elsewhere. I don't know what else they do. Uh, Dawn says, the other day, you were saying how you'd blocked people on Twitter but that they wouldn't know that you blocked them. There's actually a good chance that they will know. If you block somebody on Twitter, they can't follow you. So if you blocked anyone that was following you, they would notice that they aren't seeing your tweets anymore. Oh, right. It's so simple. It's so simple. i no idea how simple it was. You just click, gone. Fantastic, like that. But uh, yes, I will be here tomorrow to do the show, of course. You find me you find me missing a show? I don't think so. Good grief! Not unless I'm. They'll have to drag me in on crutches. I have to be really, really sick to um, to actually not not turn up for a show. No, it will be a late night. It will, it's the Royal Variety. It's at the Royal Albert Hall. I should get there in plenty of time, and then uh, have a little wander about. I won't have anything to drink. I should take a packet of sweets in and remember to empty my pockets because the security will be horrendous. Every time you go through security for the Royal Variety Show, you have to empty your pockets of everything. So if you're like me and you put, you know, keys and money and all that, could, it all comes out into a plastic box. And Then the other end, after everything's gone through the x-ray machine, you, have, you end up having to put it all the way back in your pockets again. It's, it's a, bit, a bit tedious. Lisa Riley <clears throat> wowed the crowds at Wembley. She did the splits. I think She's fake. I think she's absolutely, She's not the big, fat, jolly person you think she is. Uh, Alan Davis in the mail today, facing the McAlpine lawsuit. Um, Lord McAlpine's not expected to treat people like Sally Burko in the same way as all the other people who might be just uh, asked to make £5 donation to charity, and they'll check, and uh, to a children's charity. And uh, her lawyer's... This is uh, Sally Burko's lawyers have approached Lord McAlpine's legal team last week, but we're given short shrift. A friend of the peer was reported to have said they tried to say she didn't really mean any harm. We've sent them a letter before action. <sighs> can't help but laugh, can you? You can't help but laugh, you know. Trouble is, she know. you know, her husband's the Speaker of the House of Commons. If she doesn't know what the what the law is, by God... Not good enough. Stop picking on Helen. Relatives of Helen Flanagan have begged, stop picking on her, pleading with her. They've said, give her a chance. No, no, no. Pick on Helen Flanagan as much as possible. And the reason is it's a game show. It's a game show. It's not in the psychiatrist's chair. It's a game show. And who's picking on her? Who's picking? What, because people want to watch her, you know, laughingly do a bush tucker trial I think the relatives need to go and get medical help. They're quite clearly severely challenged in the brain department. No, Helen Flanagan's good fun. You know, and it's, it's, I, I love watching her collapse. It makes it very, very entertaining. But she did do something the other day, and, and that's it. And it's, you know, she, she'll achieve something at the end of it. Whether she gets any work out of it, I've got no idea. I think it's highly unlikely, to be honest with you, because she's not, she's not bright enough. You can't have a, somebody sitting on a television show looking very glamorous. A bit like Kelly Brook, but really thick as a brick. You know, poor old... It just doesn't happen, does it, really? Status quo, still rocking all over the world, and well done to Victoria Corran and David Mitchell. They got married the other day. Huge round of applause. It did look as if it was an advert for a comedy TV show. It has to be said, but uh, well done to them. And Lord Prescott, who uh, was given a bloody nose by the public. When do you accept, John, they don't like you? The public don't like you. They see you as a fat, arrogant bloke who cheated on his wife, who stuffs his face and who's really a champagne socialist. The public do not like you. It's as simple as that. And, of course, you're a lord, and the only reason you're a lord is so, that, so the good wife at home can get to be a lady. But, frankly, anything like a lord and lady goes out the window when, when you open your mouth, I'm afraid. But now people have said here, laughingly, he could start pitching up on reality shows. God, how embarrassing! Really, how really, really embarrassing! Prince Charles has agreed a payout to his butler who was bullied and compared to Raoul Moat. Not surprised he got money. And uh, this is uh, Grant Harold, who had an exemplary record, but unfortunately, people within the palace uh, bullied him, and he threatened them with court. Quite rightly so, and they've uh, they've settled over. Uh, uh, any scandal? i Oh, just another blueberry. It's gorgeous. And they're so easy. You just pop it in your mouth and, just, and it's just... They're better when they're cold, though, I've discovered. Nobody would know. Nobody would know. And a judge has said here that couples shouldn't try to emulate the glamorous weddings of the stars if they want their marriage to last. Well, you shouldn't follow anything that celebrities do, in inverted commas. We don't really have celebrities in this country. Not proper... Ce- you know, when, when they talk about uh, people in I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, they aren't really celebrities. Helen Flanagan is not a celebrity. She's an actress. That doesn't that doesn't make her a celebrity. Um, And you look at the other that that silly Nadine Corris. She's she's not a celebrity. She's just an egotistical, you know, woman who wants to be famous. That doesn't make her a celebrity. It makes her a bit desperate. I don't think she's going to get any other work after that. She hasn't proven herself either to be funny or interesting or, in fact, anything at all. She's, she's come up with no redeeming qualities, as far as I can see, and that's what they're looking for. Some agent might take her on and then try and find something for her to do, but to be honest with you, you might as well consign yourself to the rubbish bin because that's about as far as your career's going to go. Nobody likes you. Nobody's interested in you. You'll be kicked out of the party with a bit of luck and your constituents will vote you out. And then you have to have another affair with a married man. Ha! Quarter past five. <laughs> News headlines this morning with Holly Ford. New research shows internet...
0: BC 97.3.
1: And this morning, Nick will be asking the big question. British teenagers are drinking more alcohol earlier than other countries. Do we have a booze problem? We'll hear how diplomatic moves are influencing the latest violence at the Israel-Gaza border. And we'll have a full review of the day's newspapers with <coughs> excuse me, David Banks this morning. So it'll be nice to see David Banks... Uh, Back uh, back in the studio, back in the building. Pay up twits. The Tory peer-to-sue celebs for untrue pervert tweets. And 10,000 people. They have 10,000 names and accounts. And uh, they will come after you. Uh, strangely enough, uh, the libel laws, as they stand in this country, cover Twitter. They've said in the Mirror Today, the analysis, uh, uh, that Lord McAlpine is hunting down 10,000 people who libeled him. They say it's unprecedented which is what I said at the beginning of the programme, to go after a group uh, this large breaks all records. Some Twitter users command followers that rival readerships of tabloids and dwarf those of broadsheets. It's taken courts a while to catch up with the way social media can flout the law. And so, unfortunately now, people have been lulled into a false sense of security. Not anymore. The tweet mob... Who defied the injunctions that protected Ryan Giggs, Jeremy Clarkson, and others without the courts doing a thing, a newspaper would pay tens of thousands in fines. But the signs were there that the Lord could come down hard on tweeters. The arrest over tweets aimed at diver Tom Daly and court actions against those who named a woman raped by the footballer Ched Evans showed that Lord McAlpine's action is another warning. This affair, say the Mirror, will perhaps show the public the threat libel laws pose to anyone in the UK, a threat journalists face every working day. Every day of my life I face that threat, that if I've libeled somebody. But of course, being the particularly intelligent person I am, I've never been sued. There is no doubt some famous tweeters will be taking more care about what they say in those 140 little characters, says the analysis in the Mirror today. And uh, it's very interesting. There is now a whole team of experts hired by Lord McAlpine. You know, Sally Burko, a high-profile attention seeker, has suddenly realised she's not as clever as she thought she was. Alan Davis, not as clever as maybe he thought he was, although Russell Brand decided to capitalise on it and said that the comments and the Jimmy Savile case <coughs> meant that he and Jonathan Ross were no longer the BBC's biggest embarrassment. Oh, you're still an embarrassment, I'm afraid, Russell, whichever way you look at it. And, um... They, they said the same, in the Jimmy Savile case. That's why it was, it was so much of a laugh. And we'll do it on the free podcast later on over what the papers were saying over the weekend uh, about children in need. Uh, will says, the 10,000 people being sued by Lord McAlpine will all be subject to costs if their case involves the court. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to be brutally frank, I don't think they're going to take 10,000 people to court. I really don't think that would be the thing that would be happening. But, uh, but they can contact people, and if you fail to follow up, if they if they contact you because they've got everything they've got they've got ten thousand names could be yours could be yours listing at the moment your name could be on that list they will be coming up don't don't think that because you've sent an apology and you or you've deleted it that exonerates you in fact the moment you delete it is the moment you are highlighted they're so sophisticated now they can find you like that so fast so fast and the fact you think oh I'll tell you what I'll do I'll I'll take that off the system then nobody will know. Of course they know. It's all a matter of record. It's all there. It's all still... It's all still there with your name on it, your address, everything. They've got all the details. They don't need to work too hard to get you. And if they take you into court, you will be paying court costs as well. Even if you've got no money, they'll find a way of getting it out of you. You're not going to get away with it. He's going to make sure. He's going to make sure. Oh, God, I knew there was something desperately sad this morning. Kerry Katona once had it all. She never had it all, apart from big fat thighs, tattoos, a coke habit, and, um and a rather uh, empty bank account. But they say she was crowned Queen of the Celebrity Jungle, except now she just looks like an old woman who's still dragging on and dredging up her old life. She's now apparently only 32. She looks 50. She really does look 50. But in her searingly honest new book, in other words, another desperate attempt to try and drag some more money out of you, the public, she's telling of the, uh, the time she tried to win back Brian Harvey, God, he's better out of it. I mean, she really is awful. And he'd walked out on her and their children, Molly and Lily, to be with Delta Gudrun. And she says, "Uh, I begged, please, Brian, the girls need you. Do you ever see that as being in Kerry Coke Toner's vocabulary? Please, Brian, I beg of you. Do you see that? No, I don't see it either. And um, it's interesting. She went on a a bender. She went on this and that. She's just a waste of space. And all she says here, she says she hopes her story will warn of the danger of getting hooked. No, 90% of people in this country are too intelligent for that, Kerry. It's only you, love. It's just you and your own tiny little mind. You're not on inspiration. You're nobody. You're absolutely nobody. I wouldn't waste threepence buying your piece of book. I might actually pin it on a thing in a little outhouse and let people use it that way. But apart from that, no, 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 no. Damien says, I bought Manuka honey for a sore throat, worked like a charm, didn't realize it was so expensive. Only if you buy the decent stuff. If you buy the rubbish honey, it's, it's not very expensive, but you have to buy the decent honey. Very interesting enough, I had a, a lovely um, letter from uh, from Alan Tompkins, who lives out in Hertfordshire, and he's a, a, a film art director, retired, and we were speaking on the programme the other week about the film The Man Who Never Was. This was the story of how we were going to fool the Germans, and the... The details of it were, very briefly, they had to find a man who had died of what looked like salt water inhalation. And they fitted him up with a false identity. They had to find somebody who died fairly quickly. They had to move very quickly before the body started deteriorating. So they had to find this man who died, get permission from his father (coughs) to say, can we use your son's body? It's in a piece of covert operation. And it was called Operation Mincemeat. And they took this man. He died. They dressed him in uh, in some outfits that they'd bought. They put bits of paper in his pocket to prove that he'd been to his... T- they, they, they invented a fictitious name. He was the man who never was. So, in other words, this particular character never existed because he was somebody else. And they then took him out, and on his wrist, they had strapped a briefcase with handcuffs, and it was full of what looked like top-secret papers. What was in there was designed to fool the Germans, and it worked. The Germans believed that we were invading somewhere else, so they moved their troops. Of course, that wasn't the truth at all. But they had to make sure this man was washed up on a beach. So they launched him from a submarine. Nobody on the submarine knew what was going on. The body was taken on in a torpedo case, and they launched him, and then the case opened, and he floated up on the beach, and that's when he was found. And the promise to the um, to the father of this young man was that they would give him a proper burial. And so, the, uh, the gravestone is pictured on the front. Uh, Alan has sent me this. His name was William Martin. That's what his name was. And he said, uh, way back, I was on a recce in Spain for David Lean's Nostromo, which never got made, to find the grave of the man who never was and photograph it for my friend's magazine, After the Battle. Little did I know, he put my photo on the cover of the magazine and he sent me a copy of it and a selection of the article inside. He said, you can get a copy of the After the Battle offices. They stock all the back numbers, even though they've reached issue 158. He says, love your show. How you keep chatting for that long beats me. Money, I think, Alan, money. That's what it comes down to. So he sent me this after the battle and the, and the thing inside. It's his photograph on the front cover of William Martin, the man who never was, and uh, and the top secret file, and everything. I mean, it, it, it really its quite a fascinating story. Go onto the internet and learn more about it. And you can buy the film as well. So, um, Alan, very grateful for that. Thank you very much indeed. It's nice to know that people uh, in all parts of the business listen to the programme and are as fascinated by things... As I am. Uh, off out last night was uh, Noreen. She went off to see her 60s show, Jerry Marsden. She said, maybe repetitious. We've seen him loads of times. Same jokes every time. <laughs> Some, a lot of people are like that, actually. Uh, the animals, PJ Proby and Steve Ellis were excellent. She said, You will have a great time at the variety show and you will be shattered. It is true. I will be shattered tomorrow morning because I think by the time I get home, it'll be about 11.30, 12. And so I'll probably just get a couple of hours sleep and then I shall uh, get dressed. And come back into work, but I promise you, you won't. Notice, you won't notice any difference tomorrow, <laughs> except I think I don't have any pre-records for in conversation. I've got Priscilla Presley coming in on Wednesday, and we tried to get Priscilla before, but she was in and out of the country, so I'm hoping this time it uh, it goes a, it goes a bit longer. And strangely enough, uh, we were talking the other week on the program about those flameless candles, which I said I'd seen and I bought them in my local garden centre, and unlike. That it's an imitation candle, but the like of which you've never seen before, because it looks so realistic. Because in the hole in the middle of this real candle is a little metal, looks like a little wick, and there's a little light shining onto it from inside the candle, a tiny LED, which looks brilliant. And there's two magnets, and they make the flame move. It looks like the flame is moving. I promise you've never seen anything like it. So I mentioned these uh, luminara candles uh, I bought them in a garden centre, and I paid 15 quid each. They were selling the same thing, but for £30 in um, Selfridges, which I thought was a wee bit expensive. But anyway, so I got um, uh, a letter in from the company, uh, from Natalia, an account executive, and she says, we recently told you, mentioned you'd seen the most realistic candle ever, and someone called to tell you that uh, Luminara is the brand name. Are we right? So I wrote back and went, no, I, I, I mentioned no, Nobody called in to tell me. I told you what they were. So I'm expecting a crate full of them being delivered any time now for Christmas. But, uh, but they're good. So if, if you put them on your windowsill, they look so realistic. People would think that, y- that you would be in, even if you're out, because you wouldn't leave a lit flame or a candle burning. They look that realistic. Very, very clever. I mean, I, I, leave, I left mine burning in the hall all last night. And you know the place never burnt down? Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, and also we've got an update on salt beef as well. We, could have, we did salt beef on the programme last week. Did all sorts of things. It's, the instant reaction you get on LBC is phenomenal. Uh, plus, we take more of your texts and emails. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk and uh, more from the papers as well on who Talisa is going out with, who she was going out with, who she might be going out with, who she's ever thought about going It just goes on and on forever, doesn't it? What a dreary poor person she must be. It's LBC 97.3, Steve Allen's early breakfast. Time now, 5.30.
0: With Steve Allen.
1: Morning, Monday morning, twenty-seven minutes to six. Hope you're well. We talked about salt beef on the program last week. I'm frightened to talk about food every morning because every every week I become more more uh, more unhappy about food, and every week I get hungrier and hungrier. Just while well I'm going out for breakfast this morning, but. So we were talking about salt beef and uh, which was the best salt beef and, you know, who was this and all blah, blah, blah. And so it, so it went on and on and on. And so we got a letter in from Hazel, from Hazel, who wrote in to say, my company represents Henson's famous salt beef they provide the foodstuff to restaurants and cafes, including Selfridges, the Brass Rail and the Brick Lane Bagel Bake. After listening to the show this morning and the vibrant salt beef discussions, would you be interested in doing a follow-up piece? I wish. I wish. Sadly not, but I love talking about salt beef, Hazel, any time you like. And um, she says we could. Uh, you can read a bit more about it. It's on saltbeef.com, www.saltbeef.com so now you know but thank you Hazel indeed for that it's always nice to know you say I love salt beef I love my salt beef uh, so then we were talking I was right yet again I've, I feel really embarrassed every time I'm right on the programme um, and and I did say that with one member of one of the uh, the boy bands Union J was gay I said absolutely I mean but we you got the wrong one unfortunately the producer picked the wrong one I picked the right one I picked the right one Jamie Hensley is, uh, is the gay one in the band and to be honest with you, I mean, he didn't actually need to have any gaydar switched on for that one. It kind of threw itself out of the screen. All the papers, laughingly the other way. I mean, they must be going balmy mad down there at the newspapers. Had a picture of him with, with Ella, I think, going. Oh, they're actually going out there holding hands. I thought, no, he's gay as a goose. He's absolutely gay as a goose. And again, we're proved right. He's, he spells his name in a funny way: J A Y M I, Jamie, But I mean, the moment it was there. Pfft, gay unfortunately the producer got it completely wrong so it's like the trojan have to look at him with his you know he's got the bad hair he's got everything about him it's just but it's unusual to come out this early in a career normally they, they sort of leave it a little bit later a little bit later but uh, it's, it's interesting actually that paul says once again you were right he's come out lovely quote from him every boy band needs one To be honest with you, Paul, I think every boy band's got one. It's whether or not they actually come out. That's the interesting thing. And uh, your lady was saying about men posing in the sun has obviously forgotten about their Page Seven Fella series. And uh, because a lot of female readers complain because they have the Page Three girls. Years ago, they used to have Page Seven Fellas. One of them uh, was a guy called Kevin Petz. Now, Kevin Petz, I think, was at one time the boyfriend of Maria Whittaker. Uh, He posed nude, I don't know if you were aware, Paul, for Playgirl magazine. Or there was some, no, it wasn't Playgirl. Perhaps it was another magazine that came out where Kevin Pett's posed nude. Uh, sadly died of an AIDS-related illness some time ago. But I remember he was a page seven fella. And it didn't, It just didn't work out in the newspapers. For some reason, people didn't want to open up the newspapers and see, you know, a man half-naked there. But they'll open up the paper and put up with some poor old girl from, from sort of, you know, Bridlington. For want of a better place, I couldn't think of anything else at the moment. (laughs) Uh, Facebook and other sites were on fire last night about the future of the whole show. This is uh, X Factor. The audiences have gone, you know, wised up to the fact they really have no say in the matter. I reckon another year and it'll be no more. And uh, my podcasting downloading has now reached December Two thousand and nine. Heard your Christmas morning show from that year the other day, and just to prove you get all the scoops. First, you were talking about a certain deal or no deal contestant that the cameraman or producer had the hots for, as they kept giving him all the close-up shots. You reckoned he might come to something, and it was Mr. Mers. It was Mr. Mers. Ollie Mers was on it. Yes, K is still going, selling collections on satellite stations. Thank you. So I'm never wrong with things. It's, it's it's almost it's embarrassing. I wish I was wrong on occasion, but uh, but sadly not. And Mark. He's got a lovely surname, but I won't repeat it, because it's it's just quite a good surname. He says, I've been listening to you for ages, going on about Manuka honey. And I've had an eye infection for a long while, and I've received all manner of medical treatment, none of which works, so I thought I'd give Manuka honey a go. And guess what? It's actually working. What, you put Manuka honey in your eye? Never (laughs) heard of that one. But, he said, it costs a small fortune, and I think I left the first jar I bought hanging on the Sainsbury's shopping trolley, but after buying a second jar, I won £25 on a scratch card, so that paid for both. So, good for you. Yes, we, we do talk about the benefits of Manuka honey. And Manuka honey plasters, I think you buy in uh, in your independent chemist. I think they will do them there. So, uh, if you want to know where, you need to go to uh, your independent chemist and ask them. If they don't have them, then they can always order them in, which isn't difficult. Uh, Noreen says, blueberries. I have them every morning with natural yogurt. Very healthy breakfast. I, too, am addicted. Frozen ones are nice. Yes, now, strange you should say that. Strange. You should say that because my friend Darren says, why don't you get your blueberries from uh, Costco? They do a big bag of American blueberries and they do all sorts of... Well, I'm, I'm, I now love... If you've just woken up, I'm addicted to blueberries. These are... Mm. They're absolutely delicious. Absol- and it's, it's the kind of thing, if you're a radio presenter and you need a snack in the studio, I know it's lovely to have peanut butter on toast. Or Marmite on toast, with or without gold flakes in. But to be honest with you, you'd be better off with a little pot of blueberries. I'm going out for toast later. I think probably with crispy bacon on this. Or I might have a crispy bacon sandwich. I haven't quite <laughs> decided. Uh, weather for today, I'm not telling you. I don't care. I, mean, I think it's about time you actually learnt to find out the weather for yourself and you looked out of the window and went, it's going to be like that. Uh, Just what is going on, says Peter, in the minds of these people who retweeted allegations and supposition about Lord McAlpine? Are they investigators with evidence or self-appointed moral guardians? They have no direct knowledge of anything. I should thought they should all be caned by the Lord to send a message that these social media must be used responsibly. Well, that's what the courts have said in this country. The law lords have decided if you tweet anything on Twitter, it's as bad. You're now bound by exactly the same rules that bind journalists. It loves me. I love it when people go, ooh, don't go to affect me. Blooming well will. Blooming well will if they have to take your big colour screen television away from you and you had to sit there over Christmas with no tree because you've been irresponsible. Unfortunately, if it's seen by other people, you know, you can say, it, say what you like in a pub, provided that nobody's within earshot and they don't hear you and go, excuse me, that's me you're talking about, then in which case they can then have you for defamation. In this particular case, it was so bad that they had to do uh, something about it. So 10,000 names, and they will get every single one of you. Um, 84850, (laughs) may I congratulate everybody on the McAlpine list for having a knee-jerk reaction? in the same way as the British public is having a lemming attitude to voting for Chris Bologna and some strange-looking kid from Essex on The X Factor. I think these two should be joint winners and perhaps get an invitation to go on the oddly-titled show in The Jungle, where the same loyal British public can keep voting you to do The Jungle trials. I've noticed the poor ex-actress from Corrie, says Johnny, seems to keep pouting and stares a lot in the same way she did when supposedly acting in the series. Regarding the English Rose, Kerry Coke, Toner and her updated or new novel, should J.K. Rowling be worried? Johnny, still a struggling F-lister, enjoying Groundhog Day, gym-bound with raunchy Ruth. <sighs> My goodness me. It's it's the old Steve Allen way, you know. The old Steve Allen way. And uh, Pat got a, a lovely uh, mug with Steve Allen's face on it. <laughs> There's a joke there somewhere. So it's not been a great week this week, so these lovely ladies really cheered me up with that. So thank you, Patsy, very much indeed. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Richard says, Nice to hear your regular, accurate chat about Kerry Katona. Uh, however, he made a slight faux pas. She was, in fact, married to Brian McFadden, later Westlife, and not Brian Harvey. Oh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she might as well have been. I mean, both of them went through their sort of strange, we-don't-know-where-we-are phases. Brian Harvey, of course, who injured himself driving round a corner backwards, you remember. He fell out of the car and it ran over him. And uh, where is he now? I don't know. Where are the uh, the rest of e Seventeen? I don't know. One's a. And uh, one lives in Essex, and the other one was deeply unattractive. But they used him on a wedding programme where he got married to a girlfriend of some time. And, uh, and what of Brian McFadden, ladies and gentlemen? He's supporting. Um, who's the little one? Ronan Keating. Life is a roller coaster. He's supporting him at the Royal Albert Hall. Can you imagine? Two boring people in one programme. I mean, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Brian. Brian McFadden. God. Hasn't had a hit in this country. for What will he sing? What will he sing? They're going to bring on the fat boy, and then they're going to bring on the little tiny boy afterwards. In the Royal Albert Hall. Just had another blueberry. We'll discover these are really good for you. Full of antioxidants. We don't know what they are, but we we, we hold they're good for us. So we go. I'm so pleased I was right about the gay one in that uh, Union Jow. It's, it's uncanny, isn't it, in this programme? You open up the newspapers every day, and every single day, you uh, you turn out to be right. which is Which is very good indeed. So having annihilated... Samantha Brick, because, I mean, she really is thick as A. I can tell you now that one in ten shops in the UK high streets were empty in October as retailers battle against stagnating sales and rising costs. Not good, is it? Northern Ireland, a fifth of store units are currently empty. Wales, 15.1%. North and Yorkshire, 14%. Greater London, 7.6% of units lying empty. The trouble is, in a lot of these cases, it's not the actual shop, it's the landlords. It's greedy landlords. Because what they do is they would rather force out a little independent retailer to put him one of the coffee shops because the big coffee shops don't pay any tax. So in other words, it makes no difference to them because they all make a loss, as you know, because they all fiddle legally the the way of paying their tax. So in other words, that's why your high streets are taken up with so many coffee shops because they're not paying tax, they're not paying corporations. Why should they bother? about they don't. It's only little people pay tax, like you. And me and other people around here, the rest of them, the, the coffee shop people. That's why on every high street, you've got nearly every single coffee shop there is going. You'll have a, a Costa, a Nero, a Starbucks. You have them all. You have them all in there. And the reason is that they, they can all afford to do it because they don't need to worry about a little thing like tax. Pfft, screw the government. They're not going to waste time, are they? Why would they worry about tax? I don't think so. I don't think so. We've got this unique thing where we sort of pay ourselves for the cup of coffee and we make a loss. Oh, and by the way, we only employ Polish staff in Starbucks. Because they smile and seem quite happy. And our way, they're almost seem permanently happy, I think. Um, blueberries are very good for your cholesterol, says Anne. And Ella says the same. Very good. And uh, one here, I use manuka honey for ailments, which is good. Uh, apparently, Steve, blueberries, eat one pound. Oh, well, Oh they're very good, actually. Very, very good. I, I do like them. Do, I do like them. I didn't, I didn't realise why I liked them. Maria says, Ryland has already had a shot at fame. He appeared in a show with Katie Price. Yeah, but nobody saw that one, did they? That was a trouble. It had a zero rating. Because Katie Price has had a day now. I mean, the, she, She's box his poison, effectively. There's no point in, in putting her on anything at all. Uh, because no, nobody watches her. It used to be years ago that people were fascinated, but then they suddenly realised. And strangely enough, I've got a great piece, which I will read out, on the free podcast, it's a threat from one of her gay mafia. That's one of those uh, two gay boys who hang around with her because they haven't got anything else to do. One is her makeup artist, that queenie one who wears the makeup and everything. They're, they're gay. And the other one is his boyfriend. And apparently the boyfriend has been in touch with Leandro and almost issued a threat to him. Almost issued a threat to him. They're not a pleasant pair at all, I'm afraid, which is a bit, bit, uh, bit worrying, but they do hang around with her all the time. Sue so in Surrey says. Uh, it's cold. My car heater is yet to warm up. She says, you're sounding very calm this morning. It's the blueberries. I'm feeling in such a good mood. I love Monday morning. I don't really. I'm just saying that to make you feel better about the fact that you're still lying in bed and it's warm as toast. But the thousands of us who get up in the, in the early hours of the morning just purely for, for your listening pleasure, and we're very happy to do so. News headlines this morning, and this morning it's Holly Ford. New
0: research shows internet bullying. One point three. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: It's eleven minutes to six. Run, run, run for the train. Run, run, run. We're going to make it. Actually, I've just said that news on the uh, the travel. I think there's some problems on the barns. It's all I know. Honestly, it's almost something, isn't there? Uh, One hundred and forty thousand people on sick benefit for ten years. Liars, they're all fit to work. They've reassessed them, and uh, people who've happily sat at home going, Oh, can't work, can't work. They've said, No, you're perfectly capable of working, it's just you're too bone idle. So, what they're going to do is actually going to take them off benefits, might encourage them to actually get off. I mean, some people continue to try and rook the system, some people try and cheat the system. And if you know benefit cheats, there is a benefit claimant hotline that you can report people who are claiming disability benefit, but you know perfectly well they're not disabled. And so now they've had a look here, and so they, they, those who have found fit to work will see their payments going from ninety nine fifteen a week to seventy one pounds a week. That's on Job Seekers Allowance. They'll also be obliged to try and get a job. I think, that, do you know, in any other country, I, I don't know why we bother with this in this in this country. They okay, go try to get a job. We'll try and make the effort. Do try and make the effort. Good. Can you, Oh, don't, I'll tell you. What, try it next week. See how you feel next week. I can't get out of bed. I'm really, I'm far too exhausted. Well, don't bother. No, you stay in bed. We'll happily pay your benefits for you, lazy, fat so-and-so. We'll do it. Don't worry. We don't mind. We're a nice, easy-going country. I mean, I'll tell you what. Why don't you find a little job and get a bit of cash in hand and then carry on claiming the benefits? And even if we find you after a few... Don't worry. You can, you, can, you can milk the system for years. It'll take them ages to find you. But don't worry, because when they do find you, you'll be named and shamed on The Steve Allen Show. Okay, we don't like benefit fraudsters. Oh, by the way, I'm not giving you the weather this morning, but I'm just going to tell you to brace yourself for lashing rain. I love a bit of rain lashing. And 80 mile an hour gales. I said that's what we've got to look forward to. Well, it's only... I I did see for the first time the other day, and it's surprising because I haven't had to do it at all, a woman scraping ice off her windscreen. She was in one of the little side roads in Trickenham. I I drove past her. You know, the cars look pristine and gleaming and all the rest of it. And she's scraping the ice off the windscreen. And I looked, I thought, I think it was that cold this morning. I didn't need to scrape any ice off mine. Perhaps it was the way her car was facing, but uh, it was good. X Factor, Judge Talisa. She's in a lot of the papers, almost on a daily basis. Perhaps they have some agreement. Perhaps Jonathan Chalit has an agreement with the papers. I'll tell you what, if you put Talisa in the paper every day, I promise not to go on too much about Pudsey and his autobiography. Pudsey the dog, who I shall see this evening. How I'm going to see him at the Royal Albert Hall, I've got no idea. It's a little tiny thing. I'm going to be up in the gods somewhere. Probably on a... You'll see me. I'll be the one clinging on with an oxygen cylinder strapped to me because it's so big, so big that place that uh, you have to you have to be sort of quite careful. Eight four eight five zero. StephenLBC dot dot uk and eight four eight five zero. StephenLBC dot co dot uk. Sweep them all in this morning. Uh, Mark says, I haven't seen HRMI bringing any charge against these high street firms that don't pay their uh, moral tax. Well, because it's legal. What they're doing is what they're doing is not illegal. That's the system in this country through a series of complex channeling. I mean, we know why they're doing it because they don't want to pay any tax. It's not beat around the bush here, but it's all perfectly legal. They are doing it. If he says, are you honestly saying if somebody told you how to save 15 percent of your tax legally, uh... Because till the law changes it's legal, you would decline so that they could collect more to pay our bloated state. Well, I don't know. I know that I pay what it, what I have to pay. I pay in January and I pay in July. My accountant at the moment is sifting through my books for what it's worth. And he'll sit down there and he will then come back with a figure and say, well, this is how much tax you'll be paying next year. And then that's a, that's sent off and it's approved by the uh, by, the inland revenue, but I'm not a big company. I'm just, just one little bloke. There's thousands of us, millions of us in the country who are the self-employed, and we pay our taxes. And, in fact, the, there's probably loads of market traders, God forbid, who don't pay half as much tax in... The... I remember knowing a market trader, and he said he didn't pay as much tax in ten years as I paid in one year. Now, whether it's an indication that market traders don't earn any money anymore or I was earning too much money, I don't know. But I remember feeling slightly depressed. If you're in a cash business... You can get away with anything, can't you? As we know, if you're in a cash business, you know it's it's different. If you work in a shop and it's not your shop, and you work in one of the big ones, then you put it all through the till because they can check. If you work in a pub, it goes through the till, and yet still pubs, who are doing things I should imagine as legally as possible, are closing down at a phenomenal rate. I said on the programme last week. I drove up the Goldhawk Road, and um, and the Goldhawk, the pub up there, which uh, the sign outside goes. It's got uh, Sunday lunch, 6.95. It's all boarded up. Because what happens now uh, is that squatters move into pubs. And the reason they move into pubs is because they've changed the squatting laws. They can't move into houses or flats. But the law doesn't apply to pubs. So they move into pubs. So these old Victorian pubs in London, they have to board them up. And uh, try and do it as, as best they can. But still people want to break in. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. It really does. Great shame. And to see all these pubs empty now, whereas they used to be the... Pl- I don't know why people don't go to pubs anymore. Is it because it's too expensive? I don't believe the old guff about it's because you have to smoke standing outside. Because I quite like sitting outside a pub. I would to sit in a smoky atmosphere. I used to like sitting outside, even through all that... Mind you, I was smoking then. But even through all the wind and the rain and, you know, all the elements, you'd sit there under your little heater, you know, with a with a cigarette on... you know, whoosh, You'll sit there with your coat wrapped round you, but after you would had about three drinks, you kind of you undid your coat because you were quite like warm as toast. You weren't really actually. <laughs> Apparently, bluebe- uh, bluebells, blueberries are very very good for you. David says both my little boys absolutely adore them. And they have them mixed in their Weetabix on cold winter mornings. Uh, Madeline is recommending waitrose's pickled shallots. Linda from Q loved the Suggs interview over the weekend. Yes, it was a very good interview, actually, wasn't it? We, he was on form, Suggs, and the album's great as well. So, still to cut, this week I'm doing uh, Priscilla Presley, because she's in to do Pantomime in town. But don't forget, over Christmas, we've got Donnie and Marie. Loads of people, loads of people. Michelle says, when is Ronan Keating playing the Albert Hall? I can't remember. Check, uh, check press for details. Uh, Martin reckons, only fresh blueberries are good for you. Frozen, no benefit at all. Oh, well, I shall, I shall stick with fresh, actually. Fresh is, is very, very good. Very, very good. That's right. My friend JK is gearing up for doing his radio programme at the moment. But in between doing his programme, he's listening to my programme. It's quite nice. I like that, actually. i get them all. i get Dave Berry and everybody. I'm not proud. I'll take them all from XFM. I'll take them from Classic. Especially if they have to come in and start at stupid o'clock, like most of us do. I like seeing Dave Berry. We were looking at Dave Berry the other day. Do you know, every day, I wonder if he lays his clothes out the night before. Do you think he's that sort of person that would sort of get them all out? Because there was an interview with him in one of the papers, and I think he said that he did do that, because he's always immaculate. He must stand in the shower. He must get up really, really early, stand in the shower, and then put himself into the clothes. That'd be something to see, wouldn't it, really, I suppose? Um, One here. I've just finished work at Heathrow. Steve, go to bed now. Enjoy this cold Monday morning, London. Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't mind when it's cold. doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, oh, uk. And I've just watched Samantha Fox and Freddie Starr on Celebrity... <laughs> Sorry, on Celebrity Wife Swap. Uh, they on-screen chemistry is to die for. I'm sure it is. Uh, and JJ says here, uh... Oh, I've lost it, actually. Um... Another one that says... Oh, that's right. So get Manuka honey and lemon drink at Waitrose. £3.56. Very good for your throat. Very good for your throat. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 84850, Steve Um Another one here. Uh, now, they don't have to be issued with an injunction. They're just going to sue you, if, you if, you've, if you've tweeted his name. There's no injunction. You will be sued. It's as simple as that. They don't take out an injunction. Perhaps you don't understand... It, 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 it's libel, it isn't breaking an injunction. Perhaps you don't understand the law. I'm explaining that the law has changed on Twitter now. You are subject to the same things as a newspaper because what you've done is you've repeated it on a forum and a forum that's gone out to a lot of people. So it's a libel. It's a libel. It's a bit embarrassing. We have to explain to people who apparently are adults, isn't it? Um one. words, Linney Bushy says, I'd like to thank the drunken thug who was around one of the clubs in London who deliberately threw a missile at my husband's windscreen, which apart from being extremely dangerous, has caused financial... Loss, still the police will be looking at CCTV. There was a woman driving down the motorway, I think, up in... I forget where it was now. And somebody threw a brick off a motorway bridge. Uh, just missed her 11-year-old daughter or 4-year-old daughter. And uh, I hate driving under motorway bridges. I'd happily sort of, you know, sit there with a searchlight and everything. Because it's just kids who go out there and they think it's clever. But it causes accidents and causes death. And as far as I'm concerned, once you've caused somebody's death, that's, uh, that's murder. And you pay for it. £4 pounds a pint now in pubs. Is it what for vodka? Seems quite reasonable, doesn't it? Four pound a pint for vodka, I could cope with that one. <coughs> Had some wine last night, and went back onto my my Pinot Grigio canoletto. I'm a little bit like Ramona in The Housewives of New York City. Not uh, not as vile, and don't have a wonky eye, but uh, she uh, she d- She's very odd. I mean, she really is peculiar. And she's still rambling, but still not wearing the clothes. And she's, um, everywhere she goes, she has to have Pinot Grigio. She doesn't do champagne. I don't do champagne, says this woman who's so firmly stuck up. You know, it's, it's, I'm surprised that no one's taken her out. But everywhere she goes, Pinot Grigio. And the other day, I told it made me laugh, because they, they said, can you bring some a price to this charity thing? So she brings a case of Pinot Grigio. She starts drinking it at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning. And the other girls are going, she's drinking at 11. Because, unfortunately, Ramona is a drunk. And, you know, drunks do drink at 11 o'clock in the morning because that's the way she is and that's why she thinks she's terribly funny. But, in fact, really, she's horrid. She really is most awful. If, if ever she comes over here, I'll have a shot for us all and we'll hang her up to dry. Where would we hang her, I think? Tower Bridge would be quite a nice place to hang her from. 84850, oh, Steve at lbc.co. Four pounds a pint, I can't believe that. For a beer now, four pounds. It's a Small wonder that pubs really struggle. Round our way, we're OK. Because we've had a lot of rugby going on. And every time there's a rugby day in, in come 80,000 fans. And what do they generally do, rugby fans? They drink. Boy, do they drink. And for that, the pubs around our way uh, are very, very grateful indeed. Very great. And we're very grateful to see them too. We're grateful to have your company this morning. It's LBC. There's a slip link. It's LBC 97. I amazed myself at times. I'm really doing. Still rambling. Still not wearing the clothes. Steve Ballon. <laughs> Five minutes past six, welcome to Monday morning. Hurrah. Not really, no.
0: <laughs> you don't like it, do you?
1: It's all right if you don't have to be at work till about 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock lunchtime, but if you're one of those who gets up at the early, it's the best time. When I came into town Saturday for the International Day of Magic, which was fantastic, we had a really, really good time, and Simon Drake was there, he used to have his, uh, his secret cabaret from Channel 4, but he admitted that the, that the programme finished, he said, I think it would run its course, he said, I will admit I'm difficult. And guess who used to work for Simon Drake? In his, he has a house of magic in London, where uh, groups of people go there. It's it's a bit like sort of—I've got to describe it as a Disney experience, but it's not. It's a magical experience where they show you different things, and you have dinner and sit down, and you're entertained by lots of people. Guess who used to work there in, in the basement? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis used to work at because he mentioned him during the lecture, he said, this is a picture, this is Anthony Davis, who's now got a show on LBC, so I tweeted Anthony Davis, sorry, texted him, saying, you've just been mentioned by Simon Drake and he wrote back, sexy, which is quite good, isn't it, I quite like that, but uh, Simon Drake was showing his dancing cane, which if you watch somebody doing a dancing cane well, it was just brilliant, it was just a good experience, the whole thing, and uh, so thanks to the Macmillan family, as always, mum, always comes and gives me a big kiss anyway. And, and I nearly bought a book. I nearly bought a book, but I didn't buy it because it was too expensive. And it was on what I thought was the home of British magic, St George's Hall, which is where lots of people used to perform. And this is a really big, thick book. And I saw it. And uh, I was hoping it was going to be about 30 quid, but it was £65. Pounds. So I thought, I'll have a look for it on Amazon. Well, they haven't got it either, so it doesn't really help, does it? And so I might have to go back and plead with Martin and say, can we negotiate a deal on this book? Because it's a lovely book. But they only had one as well. He did really well. In fact, actually, it must have been one of his busiest weekends, I would think. Anyway, nice to have you company. Well done to everybody who turned up. Really good magic show, and I know a lot of LBC listeners were down there enjoying it. Uh, Nadine says, I love your show. Thankfully, Ramona, Alex, Jill and Kelly have been axed from Real Housewives of New York. There is a God. Really? Oh, we couldn't... Jill just drives me insane. She will not stop talking. Uh, Alex is... Which one's Alex? Is she the one with the husband... who's who's slightly suspect, and the two children who run riot, or is she the countess? I've lost track of which ones. And Kelly. Or is Kelly... Oh, I don't know. But as long as Ramona goes... Actually, no, I've I've changed my mind. That would be quite sad, because she is worth watching. It's just that she's so horrible. She really is the most vile person I've ever seen. She makes anybody who appears in any of our shows look positively normal positively normal except Helen Flanagan in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is not at all normal I'm afraid and anybody who's throwing themselves over the uh, the dance floor in Strictly but we will be giving an update on all the celebrity stuff in our free podcast which comes up at the end of this program so we the moment we finish here at 6 30 we nip next door and we sit in another studio which is generally quite warmer than this one quite a bit warmer, and we sit there and we do a thirty-minute 15-20 pod, minute podcast and you get that, so you can download that almost immediately for nothing, that's free you just go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk and then uh, a little bit later on there'll be the programme podcast I'm quite fiery this morning I think, I like it I do love being proved right all the time and the best of will be up there as well from yesterday morning uh, it'll be up as soon as possible, as fast as her little fingers will work, because she's got to assemble. It's, it's too complicated to explain to you, unless you have a degree in, uh, in engineering, that she has to assemble the programme, a bit like doing a jigsaw, and uh, then pushes buttons and slides this across here, and then X equals Y squared, and then comes down here, and Pythagoras said, you know, if you move this one across, and then eventually you get a programme. Which sits there, and you go, ah, oh, that's the Steve Allen show, and you can listen. And we're we're doing better every day. I mean, every day we get more and more downloads of the program. So uh, I think on the free free podcast, we're up to one and a half million or something. Honestly, really hardly worth mentioning, ladies and gentlemen. Hardly worth mentioning. But if you have joined us this Monday morning, uh, Bruce is not leaving strictly. I know there's a lot of people who don't like Bruce, but I couldn't care less. As far as I'm concerned, that man has earned his right to be on television until he drops dead, as far as I'm concerned. He's worked his little socks off over the years. You know, when you get somebody to say, oh, who's going to replace him? And I remember saying to David Attenborough, and he was mortified. I wish I'd never said it because I felt quite awful. I said, who do you think could, could, could ever replace you? And he looked at me and he said... I don't think anybody could ever replace me. And he was absolutely right. There was this woman that they tried to groom on the BBC. I mean, that's the nicest possible way, in, sort of, you know, in terms of, sort of giving her lots of things. I can't remember what her name was now. Um, but she was not a patch on David Attenborough. There is nothing that can touch David Attenborough in the same way that Tony Beat could live to be 47 and still be nowhere near as good as Bruce Forsyth is. He is the master of everything. He plays the piano, he dances, he's got a personality. It's not forced... Tony Beak's personality is forced, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's not not what Bruce has got. I got an invite the other day to the Brinsworth House Christmas Party. You know Brinsworth is the place where a lot of our retired, I was going to say variety performers and people like that go to. It's it's a very famous house in Twickenham, and the money from the Royal Variety Performance will go to Brinsworth tonight. So everybody who's bought seats... And, of course, they've sold even more seats because it's so big, the Royal Albert Hall, and it's, I think it's in front of Her Majesty the Queen. And I love that. I love it. Isn't it? A pomp and circumstance. I'm there first. of all. Well, we've got to be seated by 6.30. So it'll be uh, lots of sleep, then shower, then back into town, Remington by the congestion charge. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. And it, it'll be very good. And the money from that will go to Brinsworth. And Brinsworth look after the people. They've got a Barbara Windsor room. They've got a little bar there. They get looked after people in, you know, people who've fallen on either hard times or people who are so ill they can't look after themselves. They've all been in there. All all the good and the great, all the good and the great have been in Brinsworth. It's a very special place. Very, very special place. Lots of celebrities go up there just to talk to people. They've had people some of you have never even heard of. But in their business, they were giants. So good. Uh, 84850... Uh, would you consider another In Conversation with Peter Salis? says uh, Marian Edmonton, and, uh, it says, I love his character Clegg in Last of the Summer Wine, poor, poor Mona, no, you don't understand the law, I'm afraid, you have no idea, and I can't libel you because nobody knows who you are, I'm afraid, if somebody knew who you were, then you could be, uh, then you could be libeled, but nobody knows you, so that's, you know, you have to, there's no point in being stupid. You know, if, if you don't have the intelligence, at least admit you don't have the intelligence. And then at least we start, you know, on the right basis. Darren says, I know you enjoy magic. Have you watched Dynamo? I think his tricks are absolutely superb. Is he respected and liked among you lost in the magic circle? No, they all hate him. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, every so often, every year, throws up another magician. Somebody who's been around for a while and somebody who all of a sudden... There are, there are better magicians at the magic circle. There are better magicians working out there. It's just that this is his time and he can make a lot of money and you've got to do it. It's, it's traditionally a business where you don't make a huge amount of money. You don't make a huge amount of money. So if somebody practices their art and, and loves doing it, I mean, you won't find anybody more enthusiastic than somebody like Faye Presto, who just literally at the drop of a hat starts performing and will keep going until, you know, people dwindle away. It's as, it's, as, it's as good as that. And so at the moment it's Dynamo's time. But he's doing tricks and he's doing no no different tricks from anybody else. Is to, you see, even the producer loves him. I mean, when she says love, you know, she's not you know, not free and easy with it, you know, sort of love kind of thing, but uh, just likes, likes the magic. But that's it. But, then, you know, if it gets more people interested in magic, then all well and good. That's what it's all about. You know, if you'd been to the International Day of Magic or two days of magic over the weekend, three days of magic, I thought, possibly a week of it, whatever it was, it was brilliant. And you see lots of uh, <coughs> lots of young people, there. And as long as it keeps the art going, people love it. I mean, I myself bought a few little bits and pieces. A friend of mine said to me, said, I've just bought this great card trick. And he phoned me last night and said, I've just bought this great, and he explained the effect to me. I went, oh, how much was that? And he said, it was £100. Which is actually, to, and everybody who, who saw it being demonstrated bought it, because they have lots of people who, who demonstrate there from different companies. And you look at it and you think, is that worth it? I mean, I, I looked at one, one effect, and it's £330. And he didn't take cards. He only wanted cash. And I didn't have £330 in cash. If he'd taken cards, I'd have bought the blasted thing. Because we're very gullible in the magical world. You know, If we see something we like, we just buy it.
0: LBC 7.3
1: Hello. 19 minutes past six at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast on LBC. And let me remind you that with Nick this morning... He'll be asking why Britain's teenagers are drinking more alcohol earlier than other countries and asking if the UK has a booze problem. Simple answer, yes, I should imagine. We'll hear how diplomatic moves are influencing the latest violence at the Israel-Gaza border. All that plus a poll review of the day's newspapers, all with Nick Ferrari and the team at seven. David Banks will be in looking at the papers today. And it's going to be, I'll give you a rough idea now, he's going to be talking about the Britons missing out on bigger pensions. Half a month's rain to fall in one day, it's going to be wet, wet, wet. A little bit of rain coming up later on today. I don't know. Do I take an umbrella to the Royal Albert Hall? Is it going to rain this evening? I don't know. They've said on the instructions this time round, um, don't bring big umbrellas. It's the first time we've had... Inst- I've never had a piece of paper instructing us. We've had a bit of paper saying, you know, it's black tie and that kind of thing, and some people go over the top. I tend not to. I tend to find black suit, black shirt, that does it. I don't wear a tie. I don't wear a tie, I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm going to come down like a tonne of bricks on me. Talisa, front page of the Sun. They must have some deal going with Talisa and Jonathan Shalit. This is over Jodie Latham, has told how he was left heartbroken when Talisa dumped him to date footballer Danny Simpson. She is working her way through the entire country, isn't she? I don't, I don't get myself wrong on this one, do I? Front of the mirror this morning, footier's Danny on how he's fallen for X Factor star. It's Talisa again. So I mean, Jonathan Shallett must be rubbing his hands here. He's probably on his treadmill at the moment going, yep, you keep talking about it, Steve, we'll keep pumping the stories out there. Because it's almost on a daily basis, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 84850, oh, Steve at LBC. And um, uh, I used to be a, a Brucey knocker. Couldn't stand it. Then my husband got tickets for the first of this year strictly. And he's a genuinely lovely man. He is absolutely. He is. I mean, he's put it this way. He's been around so long... That he knows. I mean, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. He really doesn't. Who was it who was talking about this? Somebody was saying something, which was very, very accurate. I think it might have been Simon Drake. He was saying, working with with people on on certain television programmes, he said, and, you know, I want it to be right. He said, I want it to be right. He said, if it's not right, I want to know why it's not right. Because people are paid to do a job. I do exactly the same. People are paid to do a job. If somebody's paid to do something, if they're doing it for free, well, then you are on the side of caution. You go, okay, so they're not being paid for it. It doesn't matter. But if somebody's being paid to do a job and they can't do it properly, then I come down heavy. You know, I'm the first person to complain. You know, it might make you terribly unpopular, but we're we're doing a professional thing. If you go along to a circus or Royal Variety or wherever it is and you watch a juggler and he's constantly dropping his balls, then you're going to be the first one, aren't you, to put your hand up and go, excuse me, I could do better. If you go there and a magician is doing tricks and every trick goes wrong, you're going to complain about it. They're supposed to be professionals. We had some really good Chinese and Japanese people at the International Day of Magic. I mean, they were so good. That, I mean, one one kid with a Diablo, which is this ball thing on a piece of string. I mean, it was poetry. It was ship. And you think, it's not magic, but it's part of the arts. And it was just wonderful. Tweet revenge. Abuse lies bombshell, say the Daily Mirror. Lord McAlpine poised to sue 10,000 Twitter users who wrongly labelled him. (sighs) Gonna get you, gonna get you, which is good. eight five zero. speaking of magic, me and a friend were walking through Covent Garden. One of those street performers was sitting on an invisible platform. There was nothing underneath him. How do they do it? Well, you'll have to buy the books and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, it's all documented. It's all documented. Little Julie... I went to London Zoo yesterday. Oh, strange enough, I walked past London Zoo in the early, because it borders Regent's Park, so we walk round so we can, we can see the meerkats just about. They're quite close, and you can certainly hear the lions when they roar, and they're building the tiger enclosure at the moment, which should be open, I'm, th- I'm thinking, in the new year. It's a new £4 million enclosure for tigers. The tigers are already here, they're just not in their new enclosure. London's not right here, quite clearly not here. I think they went to one of the, uh, they're doing a, um, a, a reality show, on, not reality show, but a programme on the television, looking at behind the scenes, a documentary, thank you, I couldn't remember what it was, senior moment, not rambling, still not wearing the right clothes, but it doesn't matter. And, um, and they, they, they were looking at the lions and the female Like, by God, they look dangerous. When these things, the keepers go in there to give them their, their darts, they had to give them injections, these things roar. Now, I've been next to a panther, a black panther, um, and that was down at the at the cat sanctuary, you know, where they, he breeds snow leopards. He breeds snow leopards on the Internet, on YouTube. I am cuddling a snow leopard. I mean, I am holding a snow leopard. I can't tell you. Unfortunately, it's not it, uh, it's not alive anymore. But he had two down. there. He's very successful. So when I see the adverts on the show and say all oh, the snow leopards are endangered, they are, but he's particularly successful. I think it's called the Wildcats Protection League. Something like, anyway, the details are on YouTube. I type in Steve Allen, uh, Snow Leopard, you'll see it. It's absolutely, It's a bundle of, of fluff. A bundle of fluff. But when I sat next to, or stood next to, the Black Panther cage, and this thing let out a noise that came from the pit of its stomach, um, you would be terrified you would be... T- I was terrified. I mean, I was separated by some bars of a cage. But I was up at the cage. This thing, I mean, I'm sure it could have ripped the cage wall out quite easily. So anyway, so detracted from little Julie, who went to the meerkats and the lemurs. Uh, I can uh, I can guess what the weather is today. Feeling cold already. It is cold, isn't it? It's not a warm day. But the meerkats are lovely. I sat in with them. I, think I, I can't remember if we've got pictures up on the internet of me sitting with the meerkats, which we posted up on on Twitter, I think some time ago. And if you put mealworm in, in your pocket they will find it. They are absolutely they're absolutely wonderful. They really are, I'm afraid. Uh, all beer at uh, Weatherspoons in Liverpool, says Nigel. One pound forty nine a pint, reduced to one twenty nine for camera members. He says the locals thought that was the right price and wouldn't be coming to London. <laughs> oh that's good. Thank goodness for that. Don't any more do we? <laughs> it would be terrible really Uh as you said, Manuka Honey, says Anne comes in a variety of forms, but the skin cream's not expensive You've got to buy it from, you know, reputable places. Uh, better than any anti-ageing cream. Really? Really? The very nice lady who sold it to me seemed very knowledgeable. And uh, I wonder if they do courses to serve at H&B. It's, um, it's a franchise, isn't it, Holland and Barrett? I'm pretty certain. She says, I don't know what to do about the skin around the eyes. Very delicate. Eye creams are so expensive, I could never afford £100 for any cream. I have the Creme de la Mer. I have Creme de la Mer, and I have have lots of other creams as well. It's around the eyes, isn't it, that you want it? That's that's the bit you want to sort of take away and make yourself look younger. And I've, I haven't found the miracle cure yet. I did find something earlier on. It was a new cream, but again, it's about, it's it's about, you know, hundred pounds. It's too expensive, isn't it? Really? I'm going to get those candles, says Alison. The ones we talked about before, the Luminara. They're beautiful. Premier make them. Try, for, for, try and find a garden centre that does lots of. Um, Lots of Christmas tree decorations and you should find them. But they're, they're brilliant. But only luminari. You don't want a candle that flickers. It's a little metal thing that moves and the light inside is shining on it. Quite quite brilliant. <coughs> Alison says, read The Housewives of New York. Uh, for the latest series yet to be shown, only Ramona and the Countess remain from Series 1. Blonde Sonia, with no money from Series 3 or 4 stays. Everybody else was fired and replaced. Good Lord, talking of firing and replacing. Brucey. She says he's past it and should go. He can no longer do his job, but no, I'm sorry, I, we have to disagree on that one. Um, I'm waving the flag for Bruce Forsyth. I think, he's, I think he's wonderful. I don't mind the fact that he's doddery. I like the idea that the BBC have said that he will decide when it's time to go. I think the time that Brucey goes is the time that he just lays down and closes eyes and goes to sleep. Because he lives for work. He's, his showbiz is in his veins. It's in his veins. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Mona says, I'm named on my Twitter account. You've publicly responded with abuse to my tweets in a public forum. Oh, God, you are stupid, aren't you? <laughs> Did the meerkat speak Russian? No, strange enough, they don't talk. I think people expect them to talk, don't they? <laughs> the one common theme I've noticed... Steve, about Twitter trolls, is they tend to be new with less than 100 followers. I know, I know. That, some of them are quite sad, the internet trolls, aren't they? But uh, never mind, never mind. Listen, just about it for this morning. Let me quickly run through. So, front of the. Uh, the it's Tal- I don't know how she manages to get the covers of all the papers so often, Talisa. It's, it's unreal, isn't it? She's fallen for an X Factor star. And uh, Sorry, Danny has told how he's fallen. This is the man who's already got one child and his ex-girlfriend is pregnant again. Whether it's his or not, I don't know. But uh, quite clearly, he's enjoying being in the limelight. Don't worry, Danny, it won't last but five minutes. Her track record is fairly short. OK, she'll make a small film and, uh, and then it'll all be over. Uh, Ella is out of X Factor. She's voted off. I think she was Talisa's person, proving once and for all that it's nothing to do with singing. Helen's only gone and won. Yes, I'm a celebrity shocker. Helen Flanagan, not all there in the brain department or anywhere else, actually, uh, actually did win uh, some food the other day, which is very rare indeed. Tweet revenge, all going to be got, luckily, by Lord McAlpine. 10,000 names his lawyers have got. I hope your name is not one of them, Mona. And uh, the Daily Express, Bruce is going nowhere? The Strictly Chief slams the gossips. Yes. Definitely not. Uh, The Daily Mail, it's uh, the night Lisa floored the opposition. Lisa Riley dancing the samba. It's not a pretty sight. She goes down and does the splits. Equally not an attractive sight. Uh, Anyway, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. We'll have a free podcast for you up in about uh, 30 minutes' time. So look forward to that. Nick and the team with you at seven. Have a great day. I'll report tomorrow on the Royal Variety Performance. But next, it's the morning news live on LBC with Susan Bookbinder.
0: LBC.